What is the Sinisterhood live show like? You're about to hear it. We recorded this episode at the Addison Improv in our hometown of Dallas, Texas, and we had the most amazing time. In addition to a very funny topic, we had a special audience participation portion where I performed a ceremony for a lucky couple, and then Judge Christie busted out her gavel and ruled on the grievances of wronged audience members. It was super fun. If you didn't, weren't able to make it and you haven't been able to make it to any of our other live shows, you can catch us on Patreon where you can chat with us on our monthly Q&As and enjoy live stream performances of our bonus content each month on Crowdcast. Our next Q&A is on November 17th and the live stream of bonus content is on November 18th, both at 8 p.m. Central. When you sign up for our Patreon, you'll also get tons of extra bonus content including behind-the-scenes tour videos. Heather is a master at editing. <laughs> Not only are they informational, they're very uh, funny. Even f- I, I I, was there and watching them back, I laughed. Oh. Uh, we're, we visit some of the spots that we cover on tour and other fun shenanigans. You can head to Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon in the top banner to subscribe today. And don't forget to stick around after the show this week to hear your Patreon shout-outs. We hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening, and keep it creepy. Two friends in Dallas joined up to make jokes together. They put their message out in the world and soon found themselves with followers all across the globe. What started out as an elaborate series of increasingly bizarre beliefs made up by just this pair in Dallas soon turned into something much more sinister. Tonight's episode is The Church of the Subgenius. In the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister Speech, speech, speech. And I was like, we will. We'll get there. Just give us a Yeah, you're about to hear an hour and a half long speech. So buckle up, Buckle up, everybody. You have to go to the bathroom. We get it. We're that type of people, too. You'll catch up if you come back. But don't. Stay. Hold it in. It's worth worth the UTI. How's everybody doing? Oh, Oh, man. This is a good crowd. This is so nice. This is a good crowd. Are you having an emotional time right now? I just fronted you out. I like just... (laughs) I got like one of those like gut punches when I came over and I was like, just be cool, man. Shut. That's my family. She's like, don't talk about your feelings. Heather's Shut like, it Are down. You crying? You're Let's crying see. right now. <laughs> no, no. But last night, someone was very kind and they gave us some stickers and she was flipping through them and she's like, it's a Loveland Frogman. Oh, Loveland Frogman. And then, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, some Cincinnati Fiona the Apple. And then she goes, this one, I'm so sorry, it's ET. <laughs> and and Chris was like, it's just put it, just put it in the pack. It's fine. It's fine. So I didn't mean it for you, Al. No, this is, I mean, it's this very is, emotional. It's very Well, it is very full circle because today, yeah, today I posted on Instagram because, you know, Instagram or not Facebook uh, story, not stories, fuck, memories. (laughs) 
Uh, and it was three years ago in, in October 2018 was our very first live show. And it was like, today. yeah, three years it was three today. years ago today. And, and it was, I was looking at some pictures back then. We had to like, the tickets were free. We had to give away stickers. And I remember like, Chris, show was at 11 o'clock at night. It was at 11 o'clock at night. And it was just very funny to like, it's very appreciative. It makes me very happy yeah. um, that you guys are all here, especially like full circle. And it's my birthday tomorrow. It's my birthday Eve. Um, and one, one of the other Facebook memories was like, the last year of my 27th year, or the last day of my 27th year fucking sucked. <laughs> and I was like, hang in there, kid. It'll, yeah. it'll turn around. It's going to suck even more in a couple years. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, for everybody. Okay, for that's everybody. right. The rest, yes, yeah. it's true. That is true. Things yeah. I had no idea back in whatever that year was, 2015, 2014. Oh, no. Time's a flat circle. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. And to, to be here in our hometown and have such a great crowd. This is amazing. So thank you. Specifically, I selfishly, to be across from the magic time machine is oh, just... Yeah. And that... So sweet. Yeah, I used to you leave... Can smell it from here. <laughs> you can smell the fried food and barbecue sauce and the Cisco turkey legs or whatever the they carpet, served. The carpet. <laughs> you were like, the carpet in that place. I was like, it's spongy and it's not supposed to be. No carpet should be like that. No. Where you're eating food, where food goes in your mouth near no, that. That's um, real gross. But I used to leave my shift and like look across the street and I was like, maybe someday I'll do a comedy show oh. there. And I was like, no, you won't. The last year, 27th year is terrible. No. <laughs> um, but it was fun. It's a, it's a very full, uh, it's a full heart. Feel good. Yeah, for sure. Yes. My uh, heart soars on the wings of the eagles. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah. So uh, we have a very fun topic tonight. This is not something either of us knew about until about five days ago. No. And um, our lives have changed in the past completely. five days. Completely. Yeah. We're we're different people. One of us more than the other. I'm ready uh, to preach the gospel to you guys tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um. I have, there's a lot, there's, it's, we'll it's inside of it. me. There's a lot. <laughs> I didn't tell you that when you signed up, when you paid your yeah. money. Um, but it, it was something that, um, as we were researching it, you go, these people are just doing bits. And then it, there started to be some parallels. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> they started off doing bits and then it got away from them and it turned into something really big the they guy, couldn't handle for yeah. a while. And one of the guys was like, all I do is like stuff envelopes and this has become my whole life. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, so we're excited to share a, uh, a weird, I don't know, I couldn't find a lot of it, the stuff in Dallas just gets torn down and rebuilt as apartments all the time. And um, so I couldn't find exactly some of the locations, but from some of the videos, like it just looked like a very East Dallas kind of thing. It was very, it, you'll hear it. It's real, um, if you're not living in East Dallas, it's a we live there, so just that's what you need to know about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, uh, are you ready to get into it? You have to so say the it. past couple shows, I mistakenly have not said, because I just assume everyone here knows who we are, so on the episodes we always say, I'm Christy. And I'm Heather. And... <laughs> I hadn't put that into the outline to say at the live shows, and then Heather had a talk with me. <laughs> she well, was on like, stage, I'll be like, <gasps> she likes to hear things the same that we the way same way we always do it. So now I have it in the outline, and it's in all caps, very passive aggressively. <laughs> so we clearly remember to say it. So I'm Christy, and I'm Heather, <laughs> and let's get into it. There it is. <laughs> 
Throughout the 1970s, televangelists like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and the Reverend Ike rose to prominence on television, preaching the prosperity gospel and asking for faithful viewers to send money in exchange for riches or physical items like prayer cloths. Then tragically, in 1978, Jim Jones led his People's Temple followers to their deaths at the Jonestown Massacre, where over 900 individuals lost their lives. Also around that time, L. Ron Hubbard published another volume of Dianetics, the basis for Scientology, the religion he created in the early 1950s. Imagine you publish one Dianetics and you're like, I got another one in me. <laughs> I got this. And I then got you, you're like, I got six more. Uh, I want to cover Jim and Fam- Tammy Faye, but when I was looking up televangelists, Reverend Ike came up, and if anybody watched In Living Color, there was this oh, yeah. character. I wanted to be a fly girl. Oh, man. David Allen Greer Who did was Loomis. I fucking kidding? <laughs> You were one pair of knee pads away and spandex shorts from being a fly girl. I was a, I was a lot away from being a fly girl. <laughs> when just the clothes. <laughs> but it, but Loomis Simmons, he wore this plaid. It was a David Allen Greer character. He wore a plaid suit and then would try to sell stuff and be like, call 1-800-LOOMIS. We'll s- tell your future, but stop after the first eight numbers or whatever. And so when I looked this guy up, I was like, oh, he was doing a Reverend Ike. So mm. the 70s, it turns out, people on TV were just asking for money and making a lot of promises because you couldn't Google them back then and no. be like, this person's full of shit. You can get away with a lot of stuff back then. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, in Dallas, Texas, a different group emerged in the late 1970s called the most aggressively preposterous theology the world has ever known. The Church of the Subgenius offered something better than audits and e-meter readings. It offered salvation guaranteed or triple your money back. (laughs) You know, I'm an atheist, but had this been propositioned to me... (laughs) Perhaps I wouldn't be, you know? (laughs) Well, you do a lot of research on stuff, and there's a lot to read on this one. And also, you know, if you have to return something, they'll give you your money back. Yeah. (laughs) Triple your money back. It's like uh, all former Helix use code creepy for 15% (laughs) off. It's a hundred day. You can return it for no. You You don't lose anything. Yeah. uh, Mattresses, couches, religion. It's all all fucking farce, isn't it? (laughs) In except spite, for this church. This isn't a farce. Yeah, and except for our sponsors, uh, Helix and Allform. We love you very much. You're also not a the, farce. We love our mattresses. We love our couches. <laughs> Inspired by the work of the televangelists and newly created religious cults, two men in Dallas were struck with an idea. If all it took to convince people to follow you was getting them to believe in a complex religion, then maybe the pair could invent one all their own. Calling themselves the Reverend Ivan Stang and Dr. Philo Drummond, these fast friends decided to put their ideas onto paper. Every good religion needs the figurehead, and a clip art image of a clean-cut, smiling man smoking a pipe seemed like just the image they needed. They named him J.R. Bob Dobbs and dubbed their newfound group the Church of the Subgenius. They drafted up a pamphlet, giving their religion a full backstory complete with catchphrases and promises. I brought with me today <laughs> my church of We're the glad sub- we have all 240 of you here because we'd like to talk, talk to you about the Church of the Subgenius. This is my starter kit that I got in the mail. Heather has become a member. She paid her dues online um, and was sent this. This is the pamphlet. And this? Oh, you got multiple stickers. That's what you said. I put one of them on my laptop, and Christy goes, "You got a sticker?" I was like, "Nay, nay, I got stickers." <laughs> yeah, but I have. Who, who has seen this just around Dallas? Dobbs head, right? Cheers! Great for Bob. You, did you? For Bob. Praise, praise Bob. Did you know he was a cult leader? Because I didn't. 
Well, you do now. <laughs> yeah. But this is the pamphlet that they typed up. It was so many words. It's so it's single space. Good God. Due to um, this pamphlet. It keeps going. It keeps going. The internet. So big. The internet created the phrase TLDR. So <laughs> for this purpose. For this exactly. purpose ex- yes. exclusively. Along the way, the pair crafted the religion's prophecy and Bob's biography. They decided he was born in Dallas, Texas, to Zin U Cha Shi Zan, a descendant of the only Spanish Mayans, and Jane Dobbs, an American of Irish descent. <laughs> However, they decided Bob was likely the result of his mother's affair with a wandering milkman who furnished the true Bob gene. Man, I'll tell you what, we don't milkmans anymore, but if they're furnishing milk and jeans, this is a one-stop shop. Milkman had, it was, there was a real big stereotype that they were just fucking housewives <laughs> left and right. He's like, like, it was either the milkman or the pool boy. Or if the you were having an affair or the post, just somebody that like, because honestly, if you're having an affair, you just want somebody to drop by and then go. <laughs> they don't need to stick around. So you're like, bring me my mail. Also, pound it bring out. Bring me my mail. Yeah. <laughs> Clean my pool. Mm-hmm. Take a dip. Skim my waters. <laughs> yeah. Give me that milk. Drop off that milk. <laughs> Give me them jugs. <laughs> Give me them jugs. <laughs> Squeeze <laughs> my udders. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. We could just do Forever. this for the rest Forever. of the show, probably. But again, I think this is... Did you... May I briefly... I think I texted you this article, but some... Fool. Anyone with a computer is like, I'm a journalist. Was like, I'm going to write five reasons why Seinfeld is dumb on Netflix. And one of them was like, You did send that to me. All of the plot points could be solved by cell phones. And I'm like, That's anything ever made ever. The Bible. I mean, go back in War and yeah. Peace. A lot of stuff could have been solved by a text message. But th- I think that's where the whole fucking of the delivery people came from is because you couldn't like troll the Craigslist or there wasn't like the fuck apps or the love the apps. Fuck apps. <laughs> Um, because you, so it was just a matter of convenience. You're like, you, who did you see? The yeah. person that came by every day to give you your mail, and each day you're like, the robe's a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, thanks. The skirt's a little higher. Mm-hmm. One day you're not wearing pantyhose. Oh, he's the like, fifties were legs. such a bitch of a time for women. Like, who wants to wear heels, hose, and a dress all the time? No, kill me. No. I'd no. rather be the milkman. I'll <laughs> I'll leave the house. I'll go out and be him. Well, as the story went, after a career as an aluminum siding salesman and an inventor of novelty items, among other careers, Bob built his own television set. It was on this set that in 1953, Jehovah One, the alien space god, spoke to Bob, telling him that there was a conspiracy in which people, known as normals, were robbing the slack from the higher beings of the world those same higher beings who would be called to join the church. It was the divine right of those followers to become like Bob and to achieve their slack. And the only thing standing in their way was the conspiracy run by the normals or the pink boys. Yeah, that's what they call That was all real sentences that came from research. The whole book. um, The pink boys came because of some inside jokes between the founders. So it was like a fun bit that they would call other people and each other. Because these guys, at the heart of it, before being a nerd was cool, they were big old nerds. Huge nerds. Yeah, Yeah. they liked comic books. They loved smoking weed, which doesn't make you a nerd. 
Uh, yeah, sometimes you're a nerd and you smoke weed and then you get cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't smoke weed, you guys. Sometimes I do eat marijuana chews. She called, she called edibles the other night marijuana chews. I did, I did. They're great. So that is what we now call them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so if you're getting like made fun of by guys, then you start calling them like uh, the pink boys for whatever reason. That becomes your inside joke. Before you know it, snowballs. All of a sudden, you got a whole legion of people <laughs> trying to take down the pink boys. Can you imagine doing a bit and then it just gets away from yeah, you? Yeah, that's my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's funny when people are like, "How'd you get into podcasting?" I was like, "We started doing it as a bit, and it's just it's fun. We, it's very I, fun. we wanted we to it. talk about cults and murder, like on a weekly basis, like a book club. This is all true, by the way. <laughs> uh, and one day we just recorded it, and now three years later, three look years. at us now. You know, look at us now. thank you. Who who could have known? Reverend Ivan Stang, co-founder of the church, told documentary filmmakers. Central doctrine, more than anything else, is, of course, this slack thing. We don't describe it because, by definition, slack is really different for each person. His co-founder, Dr. Philo Drummond, describes slack by saying, You know when you don't have it. (laughs) Reverend Ivan agrees. That's for sure. (laughs) Reverend Ivan looks like Willie Nelson. (laughs) but (laughs) But... nerdier like if if they're related they could be related a comic book version of willie nelson yeah and then dr philo kind of looks like someone that would be on like the science channel yeah yeah he looks like a he could be a legitimate doctor yeah which perhaps that's why he chose this character maybe he could pass for one <laughs> but uh they they sell it they're and you guys gotta watch this documentary um J.R. Bob, everything that they do has the wordiest names. Their books, their documentary, this thing. I mean, they needed an editor. <laughs> they need someone to kind of pare down the words. But, uh, man, he is so excited to talk about this. Like, to keep that up for as long as they did, exhausting. Well, yeah, I mean, it becomes... Comes who you kind are, kind of who you are, right? If you take mm-hmm. on, like, a persona and everyone calls you that and cheers for you when you come out, then you... <laughs> Don't want to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what then is the conspiracy that members must fight against? One member, Reverend Dr. Onan Canabite, who joined the group early on when he was just 16 years old, told filmmakers, Anything that bothers you is the conspiracy. It's a little bit the thing that assassinates presidents from book depository windows. It's a little bit the suppressed flying saucer technology that's owned by the European Union. It's also just when it's too hot on the bus. This is a religion I can get behind where I'm just, (laughs) anything that irritates me, I blame on someone else, which anything that irritates me is everything. (laughs) So I constantly don't have to take responsibility. You're like, it's a goddamn conspiracy. That's who did this. Our AC is going out right now. Tommy, the conspiracy is to blame for this. It's a conspiracy. Got to call Reverend Stang. He uh, lives in Glenrose, so perhaps yeah. we could we can get him to come over. He mailed me this and signed it himself, which was fun to think about when I opened it. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're connected. You are for life now. That's, why, that's what's great about the mail. In addition to getting fucked by the postal workers. Yeah. It's like time travel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Chain letters. What the fuck, man? Do you remember when, y'all, when we would get chain letters? <laughs> 
But you have, and it would be a handwritten letter, and then it was like you have to hand write twenty letters and send them to twenty different people, or, or else. else, yeah, dot dot dot. And we did it. No, I distinctly remember standing in my kitchen. I'm like maybe seven years old. My mom's going through the mail, and she opens one up, and she's reading it. And I was like, "What is that?" And she's like, "It's a chain letter." And I looked at it, and at the bottom, it was like, "You must send this to 20 people, or like, you know, you'll get bad luck or whatever." And she's like, "Throw it away." And I was like, "Mom," she's like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> so some people did. Yeah. But she uh, you guys know who's in the house tonight? That's Nancy McKinney. Give a round of applause. Yeah, Mama. She's here. She is. She's here. She's real. She's not just a voice that Heather does. On <laughs> what, the if it, what if she wasn't real? It was just in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the initial pamphlet in the official book of the subgenius lays out the church's doctrines. The source, Jehovah One, a.k.a. Wotan, Yahweh, Ra, etc. You could just add in anything you want, supposedly. The teacher, J.R. Bob Dobbs. The goal, slack. The obstacle, the conspiracy and its dupes, the normals. The way, casting out false prophets. The weapon, time control. <laughs> Some of their favorite slogans. Fuck them if you can't take a joke. <laughs> yeah. Which also happens to be our slogan. <laughs> Too much is always better than not enough. Again, just good advice. And pull the wool over your own eyes, you sheeple. Yeah. <laughs> Got him with that last one. Um, have you Im- fully embraced all of these now that you are a member of the subgenius? I have. I have. This is if what you I had already. Um, would you like to see more of my folder? <laughs> yes. We all would, I think. Um, so part of it is You I... have it very organized. Was this yes. how it was sent oh, to no, you? Oh, no, it came to me very organized. For a bunch of stunners, very organized. Um, what Good I... God. This is, you couldn't even frame this if you wanted to. You'd have to... You gotta cut it in half and frame it and then stack it on top of each other on the wall. This says Put that this I... this next to your law degree, please. I, I'm going to... Because I now have a Juris Doctor and a Doctorate of the Forbidden Sciences, which is what this is. Um, It says that in addition to being a foreman, which includes uh, conjurers, dervishes, hysterics, taboo shatterers, time splicers, doges, which I wonder if they made that word up before the internet, and anti-antichrists. Anti-antichrist. As well as being my own personal savior. It says, you may make yourself your own personal savior free of charge as member of, uh, of the Church of the Subgenius. So I'm both of those. Free of charge. Um, so it says secret initiation. I don't know if I'm supposed to hold this up to everybody. Uh-oh. To be frank, there's so much text on this, I did not read the whole thing. <laughs> but I she did sca- sign. You scanned. <laughs> she scanned and signed, like all good lawyers. Just scan it. Just scan the contract. You don't I need to read that. It. It's fine. However, part of this is that I have to mail my card, uh, or I got a card that I sent to them, but then also you have to pick, well, I'm sorry, Bob picks your name for you. <gasps> is that why we have, oh, did he pick yours? He did. Bob picked my name. Oh Bob my spoke to me. I don't know this. Oh, yeah. I saved it all for you guys. <laughs> Um, so I feel like Bob, uh, Bob speaks to us all in our own ways and Bob would speak to you through whatever means that you are most comfortable with. And I love the written word. So I went to my bookshelf. I pulled off a book. It happened to be fear and loathing in Las Vegas. 
And I flipped to a random page. I shut my eyes and I pointed down at the page and two words stood out to me. So this is my name. It's on my official card that I had to keep in my wallet so I can perform marriages. <laughs> who's, here, who's here on a date tonight? What? Or uh, just looking for love? I don't know. Or will... just looking to get fucked. You don't have to be in love to get married. The good thing about the subgenius is that, well, I was going to say, I can, I'm also ordained the universal <laughs> I'm ordained in the Universalist Life Church, but also as a member or as an ordained minister of the Church of the Subgenius, I can perform short-term marriages that will end in a fixed duration. Um, so like five minutes. Five minutes, five hours, five days. And it can be between any people or a person and like someone can marry this. Um, so uh, if they, if it, if it also wants to marry you. So it has to be go both ways. Okay, so we already know Heather, a.k.a. Hucky Fornicator. I should have. If you've listened to our Rando Knot episode, Rando Knot gave me that name, so I did not want to also use Hucky Fornicator. I wanted Bob to speak to me and give well, me that name. Well, now she can also be known as Reverend Dr. Sharky Inconspicuous. <laughs> yeah. That Dr. sounds Sharky. very official. It's great. And yeah, it says, uh, this says that I'm an ordained minister and high priestess of the church and that I'm on official business. Whoa, that means this is a write-off. It already was, <laughs> but double write-off. Can we do a double write-off? Always, yeah. You should write it off. You okay. Well, so if anybody at any point tonight wants to marry someone we'll, we'll or something, moment. let us know and Heather can perform. I'm sorry, Reverend Dr. Sh- Sharky Inconspicuous can perform that. You yeah. have to ruminate on it. Bob has to speak to you. And well, at the end, we can ask for volunteers. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, according to the book, one major feature of members, also known as the subgenie, which is... Genii. Genii is the plural of subgenius. Subgenii. Subgenii. See, I didn't know how to pronounce that because I have not bought into this yet, but I almost did, but then I took a nap today. <laughs> That's Bob where my priorities you. were. That's how Bob spoke to me. He was like, take a nap. Take a nap. You've been up all night. Well, they all descended from Yeti. All subgenii, no matter their racial background, are kin with one another. We are Wotans, prime be- breeding stock. We, the subgenii, are the true and rightful heirs of the Yeti, Abominable Snowman, the Sasquatch, and the Bigfoot. Yes, all of those are different things. <laughs> they are. The church's initial book encouraged followers, look to the Yeti, to their habits, their wisdom, their great slackliness, to find the way. I have a Yeti koozie that I love. <laughs> You're like, I look to it all the time wait, to keep my beverages very cold. That's the Yeti they're talking about. They're like, look to the Yeti who has figured out how to sell coolers for $300 <laughs> and scam people. <laughs> you know what? That cooler, well, I saw, I didn't see it burn down, but a house burned down. There was a Yeti cooler inside that was still ice in the cooler after the house burned down. If that doesn't make you go out and spend $300 on a cooler, what is wrong with you? Uh, I don't want some evil cooler that's going to burn my house down to show its power. Oh, you think the cooler did it? You open up the cooler and it was like, run. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Your drinks are still cold. Delicious. Is it worth it? You know, as long as nobody got hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, further, the co-founders decided that there must be an end of times prophecy, of course. They decided on an end date and painted a picture for followers, telling them what would happen. 
Reverend Stang summed it up saying, On July 5th, 1998, at precisely 7 a.m., the men from Planet X will rupture up all the dues-paying believers and give them the power to wreak revenge on all the normals. The founders called this date X-Day. They wrote in pamphlets that the saucers would be pleasure saucers full of sex goddesses. According to Master of Church Secrets, Dr. Halland Al, who later joined the group, after X-Day, the normals would be enslaved as punishment for taking the slack away from the subgenii for so many years. Dr. Philo said in a later interview, We never really expected the church to go to 1998. <laughs> I mean, back then we set 98 out there because it was still way out there. Not a lot of not a lot of foresight. That's <laughs> just uh, man. Is that gets? I mean, with any cult leader, <laughs> like right. we've said, when the day starts getting closer, their buttholes start getting tighter because they're like, "Fuck! I thought something would have happened by now, or everybody would have left. Now I got to come up with a whole thing." You got to be like that. Uh, the God Salvation guy in Garland who was like. I'm really sorry, guys. You can go yeah. home. Uh, <laughs> just like, That's my bad. <laughs> I shit the bed on this one. I'm real sorry. Uh, keep the cowboy hats, but uh, stop right. looking at the sun. You keep the white Everybody suits. go back inside. <laughs> right. It's totally fine. <laughs> well, Paul Mavertis, now a chief apostate in the church, was living in San Francisco when his colleague at a small press received the pamphlet in 1980. Though the colleague initially threw it out. Paul pulled the pamphlet out of the trash and read it. This is just like you with the <laughs> with the chain letter. That's right. Calling it... The funniest thing I ever read. Paul replied to the address with a fistful of money, asking for even more copies. Dr. Helen Al called the original pamphlet... A significant document in many ways. And... The vector by which many people had their first introduction to the subgenius. This guy in the documentary looks like... who? What is his name on Game of Thrones... The the bald one that can what is it? Fairies? Fairies? It's I watched just, all five seasons of this and still I don't even know what you're saying to me. I right never know anybody's names on that. That show, show is confusing. AF. I mean, you gotta have subtitles and like a ledger to keep like a whole Excel spreadsheet to keep track of the characters. Anyways, the one that got his balls cut off. That one. Yes, yes. I was going to say he Alfred looks Hitchcock, like him. but yeah, also that. Also I love Alfred this guy. Hitchcock he's probably, I don't know if you're allowed to have a favorite cult member, but he's my favorite by a landslide. <laughs> I think you can. Dude, they interview him and he's got these like cool basketball shorts on. Like they maybe just showed up and didn't tell him they were going to interview him. And he's in a room and he has books. I highly relate. Just stacked everywhere, everywhere. around him. And then like so many dinosaur figurines. <laughs> That again, like, it was like, did they tell him that they no, were coming? I, and he did that? And I he was like, take out my figurines. I think they showed up. I think he set it up. He was like, yeah. Ooh, I got to get my yes. room ready. Yeah. He has a very I distinct. I got to get my best basketball shorts on. <laughs> the Under uh, He has a very distinct speaking voice. And like I said, he's my, by far my favorite. He sounds like a munchkin. Clearly, yes. <laughs> he sounds like when one, I think one of the bits we did one time was aliens talking about yeah. pissing in a something or pissing in somebody or on something. I don't mean it's, it's a Our show dream. is highbrow. It's you may not get it. Classy. A new recruit calling herself Nurse Vicky. Very sexual. <laughs> there were a lot of nurses, and I was like, it was the 70s, so. Mm. <laughs> Described pamphlet number one as a test of your mindset. And summed up the test by saying, Were you a subgenius or not? If you got it, you were a subgenius. 
Soon people started sending pamphlets to family and friends in other states. The Gospel of Bob went nationwide. A San Francisco radio station began broadcasting a show about the church's views called The Hour of Slack, which ran for 90 minutes. It was an open invitation for anyone to join. The rules were simple. You send a dollar and you get a pamphlet. Which is what Heather did, but I think she sent more than a dollar because I'm pretty sure the price has gone up since then. It's inflation. They're not scamming anybody. (laughs) They've already got you. You're already apologizing for them. We are not scamming anybody. The religion began picking up steam, despite its humble beginnings as an inside joke between two Dallas men. With the newfound popularity, the interest fee to join rose to $10. A new follower who joined around this time, Reverend Susie the Floozy, (laughs) now a church spokesperson, said she didn't mind. It was intoxicating to think there was somewhere that you didn't have to fit in. Where people were crazy, but in a good way. So I sent in my ten bucks, and I became a sub-genius. And then I went through all five levels of improv, and now <laughs> I'm an improviser. This is ex- I, the whole time I was reading this, I was like, ah, this is just improvisers. Oh, yeah. Or it's like uh, uh, rock climbing or... Uh, CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, anything you get into it, and it's like, and then you can get another one. It's like hot works, whatever. Hogwarts? Hogwarts. Ho- Hogwarts? No, I think hot works... Oh, Hogwarts. also Hogwarts. Once you get in, you're like, I'm a Hufflepuff. Shout out to all my Hufflepuffs <laughs> in the crowd tonight. <laughs> Heather's a Gryffindor. That's right. <laughs> oh, more Hufflepuffs than Gryffindors. Right. Uh, what, what about our Slytherins? <laughs> Ravenclaw? Okay, okay do Hufflepuff again. <laughs> Hufflepuffs win. We've got the most Hufflepuffs. Look at that. Yeah, because we're the best. <laughs> After collecting money, the founders started holding tent revivals, what they called Devivals, a name they liked because it sounded like Devil. (laughs) The pair planned to preach and sing. However, since Dr. Philo had stage fright, he deferred to a Dallas local called Reverend Buck Naked (laughs) to perform his part in the Devivals. Despite his name, Buck Naked took the stage fully clothed, Preaching the church's gospel. In one archive video, Naked warned attendees that the worst crime is serving the conspiracy. And the penalty? The penalty is worse than having your gonads cut off. The penalty is worse than having your head cut off. Then the tape stops, so we don't know what the penalty is. So. No, but I don't know what's worse than having your head cut off. So I also was like, this head? Because it followed gonads. <laughs> So I don't know which head, if they're like... Leave you with a stump. Just like fairies, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't remember what y'all said. We're cutting it all off. It's somehow, though, if you don't fall... If you bow down to the conspiracy, it's worse than death. Yes, it is. Absolutely, oh. it is. You know. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's worse than death. Oh, God. <laughs> However, Reverend Ivan soon took over MC duties for the Devivals himself. Musicians and local believers would fill the rooms for their shows in Dallas. People also came up to the mic to share their stories of salvation. A woman in a nurse's hat took to the mic to revival and confessed, I found Bob's image in a bedpan, and after that, she's been Bob all the way. If you're looking, you'll find him. I mean, anywhere. 
anywhere. It's like Jesus has appeared in grilled cheeses. Oh, Bob's appeared in a lot of places, like tortillas, sandwiches. Tortillas is a big one for deities to appear in. I think it's uh, it, it lends itself. It's the tortilla is a natural canvas. If you look at any, true, and like if you burn a tortilla, it already kind of like bubbles up, like the brown spots. So it's like kind of looks like a face, anyways. Why have we been reading tea leaves? You read tortilla leaves. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, everyone finds Bob everywhere, and you may now start finding Bob in a secret place that you may not have seen before. There's Papa a dump head right there. There's a dump head on my laptop. Mm-hmm. I want one of those big stickers. Can I have one of those? Yeah, I give you one, I guess. You have like four in that folder. I need them to spread the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> I need them for evangelizing. I'm handing out pamphlets tonight after the show. I'm official church business tonight. That's true. She is. She's not here them. as a member of Sinisterhood. She's here. <laughs> As a member of the church is a subgenius. Praise Bob. Praise, <laughs> praise Bob. In 1981, followers from around the country all met up at the World Subgenius Convention in Dallas, Texas. Right here, you guys. Local news station Fox 4. Shout out Fox 4. They're not, they're not here. Boo! They did not Fuck show you. up, despite our many emails. They did not show up tonight. I think the highly sexual nature of my emails to Steve Eager is the cause of that, and I would like to formally yeah, apologize. Probably. You do have a legitimate crush on Steve Eager. So horny for Steve Eager. She really does. This isn't a joke. Someone messaged me one time and was like, I knew Steve Eager's son, and I was like, don't tell him to listen to this. But do you know Steve Eager? That's right. who we're trying to get at. Heather Eager. That's a good one. That should be my church name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Fox 4 picked up this story, which meant Ivan and Philo were thrust into the spotlight. With all the attention, the church continued to gain steam. Nevertheless, neither Philo nor Stang told people it was only a joke. They each maintained their character and remained fully committed. When one news reporter asked what was the difference between their church and a cult, Stang said with a straight face, we are a cult. <laughs> you know what? Don't ask a question you don't want the answer to, you know? And if you're a news reporter, don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to. This was wild because this was Clarice Tinsley. Shout out to Clarice Tinsley. She was reporting on it, and they showed the archival footage. I was like, damn, now she's reading tweets. <laughs> <laughs> That's her job on the news now. She was like, uh, Catherine in Rockwall says, I don't agree with that. And I was like, oh, no, I used to report on stuff. (laughs) Maybe she likes the the tweets. I don't know. I read tweets. That's my job, too, so I'm not here to hate. There you go. (laughs) An anti-Bob materialized in this unstructured society. Although the original founders were brought together on their love of slack, the Splinter Group was united in its rage and hate for the normals. Papa Joe Mama. (laughs) It, It gets better and better. It's like they were constantly trying to one-up each other Uh with these names. He emerged as the head of the offshoot group, the Holocaustals. Not a great name. Not a great name. Also, sounds like a terrible name a terrible improv troupe would come up with. Honestly. (laughs) Calling Reverend Ivan's followers... Evangelicals. And... Highbrow philosophical followers. Who merely wanted to enslave the normals... Papa Mama had Ivan pegged. Reverend Stang conceded. I don't want to destroy the world. I just wanted to loot it. Mama called his branch. More fundamentalist. Who? Believe that you do need to exterminate and eliminate all of the normals. 
In an interview with documentary filmmakers, Mama said, One of the major magnets of religion isn't the common love of something, it's the common hate of something. So I wanted to offer that alter ego to people. <laughs> He's not wrong, though. Well, they just kind of said, like, we have no rules, throw it in, like, do whatever y'all want to do, and it's out back, man, no rules, just right, shit goes down. When you have no rules. Yeah, I believe there's a word for it, and it's anarchy. That's right. As a group, that's Texas. That's, <laughs> yeah, anarchy. That's Texas. That's what they like about Texas. Anarchy. Anarchy. <laughs> that's what they like. Can we sing that on the air? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Dairy Queen likes us. They tweeted us one time. We're like, oh, that's really? Friends. Yeah, yeah, because here's the thing. Here's what I want to say. Dairy Queen here's, tweeted us? Oh, yeah, this was a... Yeah, aside from Zach Guilford from uh, Friday Night Lights tweeting us. Okay, have, does everyone know about this? Does everyone know Stop that Zach show. Guilford has, tw- if you don't know who Zach Guilford is. Fuck you. He, fuck, first of all, get out. First of all, leave this room first of right all, now. Where have you been for the last 15 years while okay. he's been a fucking star? He he was Matt Saracen on Friday Night Lights. Most recently, he is Riley in Midnight Mass. But also, he's our new BFF. <laughs> he tweet. He tweeted on his own. We, di- we didn't tweet him saying, "Sinisterhood, you're my favorite podcast. Everybody needs to go listen to these women. They're the funniest out there." He's like, and then Heather retweeted it, and then he replied saying, "Oh my gosh, today's gonna be a good day. Sinisterhood just retweeted me." And I had been, I had already been like watching Midnight Mass. And so when it said Zach Guilford, I was like, surely it's not that. And I clicked it and I was like, I'm sweating. It's Zach Guilford. <laughs> and I was like, Paris, Paris, Paris. And he was in the shower and he was nude in a towel and runs down the hall. And he's like, did you fall down again? Again. Again. And I was like, no, Riley from Midnight Mass tweeted us. He was like, okay, you yelled really loudly. It's, it's very amazing. Uh, it was fantastic. But also, Dairy Queen tweeted us. Oh, yeah, so Dairy Queen. So, like, we were talking about, like, people think I'm some hick that's never left the fucking state. And I said. Uh, we were in Denver last week. Thank I'm a, I'm a hick that's left the state several times. Um, but we were, I was talking about the difference in Dairy Queens, and I was like, the Dairy Queens in Texas have um, steak finger baskets with gravy, and I was like, all the food that's a Dairy Queen. And then um, when I was in Chicago, they had, like, hot dogs and hamburgers. It was shitty. Um, but they still had, like, the blizzards and stuff, but they didn't have the full menu. And I said that on the air. I was like, well, people don't really know because the real Dairy Queen, and, like, a lot of righteous people, Yankees, were messaging me, and they were like, listen, loser, we have Dairy Queen up there. And I was like, actually, just so you know, I looked it up. Um, <laughs> actually... Actually, <laughs> bitch comes anytime somebody starts a sentence with actually, actually, I was like, actually, uh, the franchise owners in Texas, no one cares about this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, um, got a special dispensation from Dairy Queen when using the brand that they can have a special menu, essentially, with tacos <laughs> um, and... Steak finger basket, praise oh, the Bob. Steak finger basket, so good. and gravy and gravy. And so I post. Someone was like, "Listen here, stupid. There's like Dairy Queens everywhere." And I post that, and Dairy Queen bagged me up. What? Yeah. DQ. KO'd by DQ. Fuck you. <laughs> we need to get a sponsorship from them, and I only want to be paid in steak fingers. Mm, blizzards. Boop. Just all the time. Well, as it grew, the beliefs of its followers broadened. Reverend Stang told documentary filmmakers the founders both had a laissez-faire attitude toward the group and had no interest in controlling the followers. 
Our tendencies just let everybody throw in, so we don't really have any rules. We encourage people to form their own schisms. <laughs> this would later prove dangerous. Shocking. <laughs> Let's pretend start a cult and then just have no rules and not tell anybody it's a joke when they all <laughs> think it's a real cult. Whoops. Oopsie. In 1983, after a publishing executive found a subgenius pamphlet while riding in Reverend Stang's sister-in-law's car, of course, it was on the floorboard. The subgenius gospel went legitimate. Okay, here's the name of their book. I'm take, a take a deep breath. The book of the subgenius, being the divine wisdom, guidance, and prophecy of J.R. Bob Dobbs, high epop of the church of the subgenius, here inscribed for the salvation of future generations and in the hope that slack may someday reign on this earth. I lost count on my fingers. I had to say, I couldn't even do that in one breath. It's like four lines long. <laughs> Was published by McGraw-Hill and appeared in bookstores in the religion section next to the Bible. Stang and Drubbin were surprised by this, figuring their tome more logically belonged in the humor section. And yet they remain committed to the bit, and yeah. you got to respect that. <laughs> or here's what you do. You take the Bible, you put that in the humor section. <laughs> Man. Damn. Damn. Don't at me. <laughs> we're all entitled to our beliefs. Praise Bob. <laughs> also the name of my autobiography, Don't At Me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Dairy Queen. <laughs> or Zach Guilford. Oh. Dream date, Tommy. <laughs> Eating stay fingers at Dairy Queen with Zach Guilford. <laughs> with Heather. Like we're oh all my God, there. Thank you. We're all there. Yes. Thank you so much. You're I welcome. was we were talking about dream dates the other day, and I told you how I love Shamar Moore so much, so he can come too. <laughs> she was like Remind me, she's like, I know that name. Remind me what it looks like. You type in Shamar Moore and like all the photos, you're just shirtless. And she was like, oh my, oh my. And I was like, keep scrolling. I said, go follow him on Instagram. It's just him shirtless in his pool. Talk, it's like, it's like POV porn. Like he talks into the camera and he's like, hey baby, hope you're having a good day. And you're like, oh God. I am now. I am now. Best day. That same year, the church was invited to perform one of its devivals in San Francisco as a type of performance art. They set out a tub of Kool-Aid with Dixie cups for attendees to drink. Church member Nurse Kelly was asked by some attendees, How long until I get off? Meaning they believed the beverages were spiked with acid. She and the other church members jokingly told them, 20 minutes. Despite the fact that nothing was added to the mix, not even sugar, to protect attendees who were diabetic. <laughs> even with the mistaken belief that the Kool-Aid was spiked, attendees happily drank it. Can you imagine you have the if control? I thought there was acid in it, yes. Well, okay. That is the ultimate bit, though, is to say, come drink this Kool-Aid, and people are like, what's in it? And you're like, I don't know, and it's not even sugar. <laughs> You're I like, told you, oh, this is terrible. What's in this? You're like, nothing. Oh, that's why. <laughs> I told you at the bar last night that we were talking about drinking in college. And when I went to a high school, it was like between high school and college party in a holiday inn in Denton, Texas, because some of my friends were going to UNT. Kaka! 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 Um, we had we brought a punch bowl and we poured a thing of Everclear in it, and then we poured a packet of grape Kool-Aid, and that was it. 
And we were all just like, this is so gross. And Christy's like, you didn't like, like thin it out with water? I was like, we did not know to do that. <laughs> so we did not. And then I talked about the time I almost got kicked out of the dorms at Tech. Hell yeah. After a night of Everclear and Goldschlager, how am I still sitting here right now? Woof. Woof. Yeah. Goldschlager. Yeah. Sweet that's, you're Jesus just drinking right. metal. Why does that? That shouldn't, be, that shouldn't be legal. No, it was awful. Yeah, no. It, I mean, I almost got kicked out of the dorms <laughs> at a major university. They were like, so. have you been drinking? You're like, I have metal poisoning right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have this meeting right now. I'm still hungover. It's been two weeks. I know. <laughs> it was also the night... Um, Oh, man, I can't believe I'm about to say please this. Please tell me. Please tell me, please. I want to know. I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to I'm gonna explain it. Because it's going to make <laughs> it sa- it's gonna sound really bad. That was also the night I earned the nickname Tripod. <laughs> and now I will explain why. Can't, wait a minute. What, what, what do you think it is? It's not sexual. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, never mind. I, I know. Isn't that a bummer? <laughs> You, isn't it a bummer that I somehow wasn't propped up like this, getting railed from behind, and that's how I got that I'm nickname. not here to judge you on what you think is fun. Thank you. And if you want to get propped up and railed, get propped up and railed. Praise, Praise Bob. Bob. Praise Bob. <laughs> well, that's not what happened. Yeah, did you fold up a tripod and whack somebody uh, with no, it? No, I was very, very drunk. I would also like to say this was during finals week, which, is, which added into why I got a talking to, because I was very loud in the hall and banging on my friend's Can doors just- at 2 a.m. when they were trying to study and sleep. I was the kid that was like calling the RA, like, someone's banging on my door and it's finals week. You need to take her, put her on probation. Well, it worked, but I I needed to get to the the communal bathroom on the hall. Tough. From, yeah. From down the hall, and I couldn't walk, so I um, was on all fours, but like my arms didn't work, so they were kind of just laying beside me. So and face I face down, ass up. Yes, yes, with my with my forehead on the carpet, and like a snail, I scooted myself. <laughs> I inched my way like 20 feet. Like, like I had a rug burn on my forehead because I inched my way down to the bathroom. <laughs> well, how I, and still, I finished the year out. So, whatever. Got a 1.9 GPA. Yeah. <laughs> well, guns up. I would, <laughs> guns up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I took myself out of that school. They didn't take... I was like, I am not ready for this life. <laughs> you can't throw I, me I out of this school. Co- I'll throw myself out of this school. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, well, um, by the power vested in me by the church of the sub-genius, I would like to deem you Reverend Dr. Slytherin Tripod. <laughs> <laughs> This what the, do they cross nah, nah. You probably know. go like, uh, because of the pipe. Oh, no, no, no. They do the, uh, uh. No, we didn't explain that, and now <laughs> you don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> so there's a salute, and you go, uh, <laughs> They go, here's the thing. This is, they're trying to bring it into the new millennium, but at, the, at its heart, it was 
guy. So it was all a, all dudes, all dudes. It was all dudes initially, um, but so it was Adam's apple thing. So it was like, oh, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Just imagine I did it, and you guys were like, cool. And then we started the paragraph again. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that Guilford is going to hear that story. 100%. 100% well. Oh you know gosh. what? He's he's an understanding, compassionate person. He he's a good. He's great. We don't know him. I just assume. <laughs> you know. We know. We know enough. Yeah. yeah. You can see it in his eyes. Well, at this performance, called the Night of Slack, a performer dressed as Bob Dobbs showed up. He was promptly shot in the stomach on stage with a prop handgun by a member known as Puzzling Evidence, in front of the shrieking crowd. Despite Bob's apparently dead corpse lying on the stage for the duration of the event, nobody intervened, neither the audience nor the police. In a later interview, Puzzling Evidence told filmmakers, I got to thinking, if you want to sell a religion, you have to kill the deity. That's how you do it. So I shot Bob, just thinking the whole thing would take off. Again, not wrong though. Like I mean, I mean, what's wild is they made this up, but it's they knew what to make it up from because true. of everything that had worked before them. You follow the steps. You follow the steps. Uh, but yeah, there's footage of this, and there the again commitment to the bit because the, the Bob Dobbs guy just laid there the rest of the time, yeah, the whole time, and they just kind of whoop stepped over him. It was, yeah. and again, the cops were like fucking hippies. They didn't, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't do anything. In another instance of art becoming reality, Reverend Ivan called an audience plant on stage to demonstrate the group's claim to be able to control time. He smashed the plant's watch with a hammer as the crowd looked on. Suddenly, crowd members, not knowing it was a pre-planned gag, began throwing their watches on stage and demanding that Reverend Ivan smash theirs too. To their delight, the good Reverend complied, smashing dozens of watches, some of which he told documentarians were pretty expensive. <laughs> But here's where I'm like, are they do are they in on the bit and they're just like, we're they're yes handing the shit out of Reverend Stang, <laughs> or do they believe it or is it a bit of both? A little column A, a little column B. Yeah, that's what I think. If you are either way, don't an expensive watch. That's you're this richer yeah. than me. Unless you guys have watches you would like me to smash tonight, and you are willing to throw them on up here. <laughs> I don't throw have a hammer. Them on up here. I don't know if my boots would do that, but yeah, I think it, I think we'll see that it becomes when everyone's committed to something. It's hard to tell when where the bit stops and the reality lines between begins. reality and fiction become blurred. A little blurred. It was at this event the Reverend Ivan met his first crazy sub genius, first person I ran into who took it the wrong way. The man ran up to Ivan, not knowing he was the author of the book and co-founder of the religion, and berated him for making a mockery of the whole thing. The man pulled out his copy of the book and began pointing to various tenants inside it, telling Ivan, The people in Dallas that did this thing and Bob, when they find out that you're just making some Sonny and Cher comedy show out of it, they're going to kill you. This, this is terrible. They're going to kill you. <laughs> Philo and Ivan were rattled by the incident, with Philo confessing in an interview. Really shook me up. It was a bit scary. We realized that some crazy people are actually attracted to this. This is when, like, stoners have visions, but they don't always have, like... Completion. Of com they, don't, they don't think, like, to the future. Like, what could this turn into? And I think this is a really good example of that. 
Yeah. And Are you reading your scripture right now while I'm talking? I was referring to the scripture to back what you were saying. Oh, thank you. Wait, wait. Read that part to everyone. Have intercourse with a beautiful live girl. That was promised. That was promised if you pay the dollar to get the pamphlet. For only a dollar? That's how you get people to join a religion. Send us a dollar and get fucked. <laughs> people are like, make it rain. Um, but this is like a classic case of, I think that the whole issue with t- the too long didn't read is that it starts out, if you are what they call different, if you think we're entering a new dark ages and then you close the pamphlet and you were like, I'm all in, then that's when you get these people who are like, Bob will strike you down. And you're like, oh, you know, Bob, wink, wink. And they're like, no, he'll kill you. And it's like, oh, well, how? And he's like, he uses a hand sometimes. And you're like, oh, your hand. So I think that's kind of what happened here is that some people didn't, if you read enough, you kind of get that it was a bit, or you really, really want to fuck somebody and you're like completely committed. Like, this is my only chance. A live girl? (laughs) People say it feels different than what I've been doing. (laughs) It seems sub-adherents took what the founders in the book said as gospel. Nurse Vicky told interviewers she believed that some followers were actually using the Church of the Subgenius as a replacement for their childhood religion, which she found a little scary. Ivan agreed, saying, There are people who really want to join this cult, and they really want it to be everything it says it is. Then when they find out it's not anything it says it is, they get really mad. This is why, according to Dr. Helen Al, the church's motto of fuck them if they can't take a joke <laughs> is so important. Those who were taking the church too seriously were missing the mark. This is how, I mean, this is like every, what am I, QAnon? I was like trying to describe QAnon without saying QAnon. But we did like, a whole episode on it. Yeah, it's that's a secret. True. They, uh, like, when people, when it goes too far. Like, Pizzagate. I think a lot of yeah. stuff that started as the, for the lulls on 4chan or those internet mm-hmm. forums where they're like, oh, maybe it's real. And then the wrong person gets a hold of it and they're like, my car's covered in bumper stickers. <laughs> they're like, I know the real truth. Mm-hmm. I seen it on the internet. And you're like, who wrote it? And they're like, doctor, whatever. Dr. Helen Yeah, it's just like. Reverend, what's your name again? Oh, my, Dr. Sharky Inconspicuous. Reverend Dr. Sharky Inconspicuous. Because I'm very conspicuous. I thought it was ironic. Thanks, Bob. It was, uh... So you pulled down Fear and Loathing, and those were the words on the page? The two... Po- one word was inconspicuous, and then I pointed another one. The other one was Sharky. Oh. Or Shark, and I might have added the Y because it sounds more like a name. Bob told me to add the Y. So, it's not cheating. Bob told me to do it. <laughs> All this fame and attention pushed the church further away from its initial goal. Chief Apostate Paul Moverty's told interviewers that once the religion blew up, followers began looking to church leadership to tell them what to do and where to go. This is not the kind of power we wanted. It was the exact opposite of what we were aiming for. Dr. Philo said the spread of the religion was never part of the plan, telling filmmakers, Church was never meant to be mass marketable. We never really wanted to have a lot of followers. Sometimes fame finds you. I guess. You know? Don't promise people they're going to get banged for a dollar. No. They'll follow you around You'll get like a yeah. cat that you fed, a stray cat that won't leave. <laughs> You'll never get rid of them. No. But also, they still were committing to the bit Always. and not telling. If you don't want this, there's an easy way to end it. Just no. tell everybody it's all made up. Yeah, they didn't want to lose. Well, a couple things, too, is after it started blowing up, 
I think they didn't want people to try to contact them. And then for Philo, his parents were still alive and were very religious. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want anybody to know his real name. And so he wore the mask before it was cool. He would wear surgical masks, sunglasses, and like a baseball hat. And he would do interviews. And and then only went by his nickname because he didn't want his parents to find out. So it's like... It's like Banksy. Just fucking be honest with your parents and you don't accidentally start a cult. Mm -hmm. Whether they wanted it or not, the religion continued to grow. After the sales of the book, the Reverend Stang began doing interviews on national television, repeating the church's promise of eternal salvation or triple your money back. So $3. This stumped reporters and talk show hosts who asked whether the subgenius was real or a satire group. An archival footage of an interview with John Stewart. Yes, this happened. Reverend Ivan emphasized that the group is unknowable. Just when you think you might get a handle on us, oh, it's a collaborative network of artists all over the country. That's all it is. No, that's not what it is. Oh, it's really secretly some sort of subversive organization. No, no, it's not really that either. It's just a bunch of drunk guys in Dallas trying to freak people out. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> But it was confusing because then in other interviews they would say, oh, so oh, it's we're all a, a joke. We're a cult. And he was like, no, it's a, it's a cult. It will save your soul. So it's, it was very misleading. Yeah. But also the idea is that if you truly are a subgenius, you would get the joke and it would, you wouldn't have to have it That's explained to you. That's how they weed you out. So yeah. you get weeded out. And this- weeded in. <laughs> oh. Good one. These people, what do you think they were like getting together? They were getting mega oh, high. they were blazed as fuck. So yeah. blazed. They, go, they we- were having their marijuana chews. Yeah. And then. That's you. Gummy been juice. taking to their typewriters <laughs> for is, hours. This is built for me. <laughs> Despite these admissions, thousands more across the country joined, formed their own local groups, and became utterly devoted to Bob. One believer, Reverend Susie the Floozy, told a reporter in archival footage, First it was just a joke, but then there was something deeper and more life-affirming than I ever realized. She's on the documentary, and whatever you're picturing, it's that. <laughs> it's 100% that. It's, um, she's a character. She's devoted. She's devoted. I, they didn't come out quite and say there was like a director commentary kind of thing, and it happened to be after one of her interviews was on the screen, and the director of the documentary was like, some people were not pleased with how they were uh portrayed in the film <laughs> she didn't particularly say it was her but it was like the timing and then the certain the things that she was portrayed as saying i was like i'd be kind of pissed too <laughs> that's why you don't go on a reality show you, you control the edit mm-hmm. yep and we were just watching <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't tell the improv to put on uh the real housewives of beverly hills reunion part two <laughs> in the green room but it was on, and we sat there for an hour and a half and watched the whole thing. We were just laughing like, and commenting. We, yeah. we were eating our little uh, salads back there. Thank you to the improv for our delicious dinner. And just quietly watching the Real Housewives <laughs> together. It was very comforting. It was yeah. a lovely way to start yeah. the evening. But we were saying, because Kathy Hilton was like, my one, my one thing before I got on the show is my sister told me, don't ever lose your temper on it, because they will edit it. And so that's why in every episode, Kathy's like, now is not the time to discuss this. <laughs> People are just screaming at each other, and she's like, do you want more bread? (laughs) (laughs) Well, finally, X Day arrived, July 5th, 1998. In order to prepare and begin the countdown, followers gathered together in a campground area. On the morning of X Day, a white limousine pulled up, carrying Stang, wearing a white suit with a Bob and Blazon t-shirt. He held up what he claimed was the original handwritten note from Bob for telling the coming of the saucers. 
The crowd chanted down to the 30 seconds prior to 7 a.m. with an organ playing in the background. At 7 a.m., Ivan chanted the church motto with only part of the crowd participating. Fuck them if they can't take a joke! They got an organ out there. Dude, that's, those are big. It was a, very dramatic. The footage is very it's, dramatic. It is, yeah. And he a white limo, so 80s. White limo, so white rad. suit. Or 98. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I mean, when you look at him, it's the 80s. <laughs> like, they are stuck in the 80s. I mean, how so many of us are. Glory days. But, um, but yeah, he walks up. It's very dramatic. And there, you can tell there's this swell of energy in the crowd. And they're like, 7 a.m., what's going to happen? Because the inevitability of time is despite thinking you could control time, that time will come. And then he screamed, fuck them if they can't take a joke. And only about half the people screamed back. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of New Year's Eve 1999. Oh, yeah. We were like, it's happening. Yeah. When I was on the roof of a... God damn it. I sound... <laughs> Old tripod's at it again. Oh. <laughs> All of my... St- One day... My daughter will hear this, and my son. Uh, and then I'm going to have a lot of explaining. Like, this is why you don't go on a reality show, every, or a podcast. You control the edits. Can play it back to you. I'm going to edit everything out. <laughs> She'll be like, where can I find your podcast? Why is this only 10 minutes long? Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> it's edited. Well, anyways, I was on the uh, roof of an apartment building in Austin. There had been drugs done. <laughs> drugs were done. And as it counted down while Princess 1999 played. You had to. What else did you listen to? Everyone, there was like this electric energy, like at any second, all the lights in downtown Austin are going to go out. And like, you were like, it could happen. And then 1201 came and we're like, it didn't happen. <laughs> Little let down, even though in hindsight, God, it would have been terrible for all of us. But oh, yeah. at the time... When you're on a bunch of Molly, you're like, this would be real fun if this happened. Like, I hope the world ends. And then it didn't. You're like, that's we fuck. <laughs> I've never done Molly. I don't know. I just assume. I just know because of Miley Cyrus singing in a song. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah, thing. It's exactly how Miley mm-hmm. said it was. <laughs> One member ran on stage, took the microphone, and called Reverend Stang a charlatan. The crowd then stripped off his clothes and slathered him in honey. As Papa Joe Mama narrated the events. This is, uh, this, like, I feel like Tripod should have been there. This is a Tripod story, and I wasn't. <laughs> Tripod's face down, be like, get the honey. <laughs> I, I was a freshman at Tech, though, so I, like, in this some right. timeline, and parallel to each mm-hmm, other, you mm-hmm. know? People then covered Reverend Ivan in pink feathers, for he ran nude into a nearby pond. Reverend Stang said he planned for 20 years what he would say that day, and had even bought the pink feathers himself. However, he had not planned on being run into the pond. So he was prepared <laughs> to get... For a lot, but not the pond. Booty nude, like ready... Yeah, he's butt-ass naked. He's he's Reverend, Reverend Buck naked. He changed... Yeah, he switched over and brought B-Y-O-H-N-F. Bring that on honey and feathers. Mm-hmm. But then I, it started to get out of hand. Like, the, again, it's like the watch thing where he had people that he knew kind of slathering him in honey, which is an intimacy that you never know until it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> What were we talking about? I was, Leanne was, uh, went on tour with us. My wife, she's here. Um, 
And uh, I was changing, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry you were in the same hotel room. And she's like, I've rubbed a self-tanner on you before. And I was like, I forgot about that. She's like, I didn't forget about no. that. <laughs> uh, something that the applier remembers. That's right. The rubber remembers the rubber 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 more than the rubby. Yeah. <laughs> but he had planned, he was fully accepting of being, you know, covered in the honey. But then more people start to join in and they're starting to dump feathers. And it's like, well, okay. And then they're like, chuck him in the water. And he's like, I don't know you. <laughs> See if he floats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Though some seem to be fine with the no-showing saucers. Not everyone was happy on X Day. Reverend Stang said in an interview with Film Threat in 2020, that X Day 1998 was an unsettling experience for him. That was a little scary, actually. There were 400 people at X Day in 1998. After the aliens didn't arrive, we had half as many customers from that point on. That, to me, was a frightening and disturbing statistic. <laughs> there were people there who were definitely really angry because they caught on that we'd been lying to them the whole time. They just finally caught on that day. <laughs> And there were some really angry people. They were all strangers, you know, nobody we knew, but we didn't know that there were so many people who really did think they were going to get to have their own planet for $30. And they will someday, only now it's $35. <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> yeah, all right, so even in 2020, he's like, yeah, that was crazy, but you could. You salvation is yours. Send me $35. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> they take PayPal. <laughs> You know, you can say you'll drop the character, but once you've been that immersed, once you're a method actor, it's hard to mm -hmm. go back when you've been playing that character for so long. It gets in your brain. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we were talking about at breakfast the other day, like Andy Kaufman, like Jim mm -hmm. Carrey, when he started, like, it starts to blur the lines mm -hmm. between. Or uh, the Joker and who? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger and the Joker, mm -hmm. yeah. It starts to blur the lines, mm -hmm. and then they got to rub you in honey and check you in the pond. It's the only way you get out of it. <laughs> Just as it seemed that the Church of the Subgenius would end with a whimper rather than a bang, the internet came along and made it easier than ever for the once underground weirdos to find each other. That should be the internet's slogan. <laughs> By this time, the Church of the Subgenius had been placed on cult deprogrammers' watch list as a legitimate group to fear. Filmmaker Sandy Boone, whose husband was an early adopter of the Subgenius faith, told Film Threat, the intention was for the for the religion to always be a joke. However, that's not what happened when it expanded beyond Dallas. There were a lot of lonely, broken people that decided this was going to replace their own belief system. And there were people that came to some of these big events and literally were furious with Ivan. People were screaming at him. That's when it got really scary. Equally as scary, supporters began mailing guns to the church along with their donations telling Ivan that they would be there to back him against non-believers. Boone told Film Threat, It scared Ivan half to death because it was supposed to be a fake cult. Now it's a real cult. <laughs> be careful. This is the perfect example of be careful what you wish for. I mean, you think you're going to open up an envelope and just fill it 35 bucks and there's a Glock. <laughs> and you're like, I'll put it in the gun bucket with the rest of yeah. them. I'm like... Just Ugh. a loose gun. Yeah, just a loose gun in and the, the mail. And the post office mailed that. One of them was like in an envelope, and I'm like, How you're, the you feel You're the mail carrier. You're the mail carrier. Because he's fucking all the housewives. He's not doing his job. Who cares? Guns are getting sent willy-nilly because he's too busy just <laughs> doing the diddle. Yeah. Doing the diddle. <laughs> that's what you call it when you're face down, ass up, in the dorm hallway. Oh, that's called the tripod. That's right. Getting diddle. 
DM me if anyone tries that tonight. Just DM, <laughs> just slide in my DMs if you try but that But beforehand, tonight. you need to be in a holy matrimony with the Church of the Septuagint. Yes, first let uh, Heather ordain you. For decades, Ivan and Philo did not reveal their true identities and almost never broke character. Eventually, in 2017, the men dropped the act and began talking about the inner workings of the group. It was a necessity, according to Stang, who told Texas Monthly, There's been so many crazies, it's important for me not to leave behind another Scientology. I mean, the, that whole religion literally started out as a comic book, from a comic book writer, as a joke, and look what it's done to everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's true, like you said, it's when stuff like gets out of hand, and it was even worse after, you know, when L. Ron Hubbard died, that's when, if there was any, it, this also almost makes me think of like professional wrestling where you have like the kayfabe and you're not supposed to break the character. And if, so you have to though sometimes, right? Like if someone dies in the arena or something like very dramatic happens. And so when L. Ron Hubbard died, then the next Miskovich takes over. He's never going to break kayfabe because he's not doing an act. Like no. he's in it. Yeah, it's real. He's killed his wife. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But he, but he did. But he did. In 2005, a church member in New York State... Last We're going to get sued by Scientologists. Yes! Oh, we've, uh, if we haven't already, bring it on. I want to be on the... We don't care. I want to be on the SP list. Yeah. In 2005, a church member in New York State lost custody of her son after social workers found materials regarding the Church of the Subgenius in her home. This incident had a chilling effect on members who were worried what their affiliation with the church may mean for their personal lives. It didn't frighten newcomers, apparently, as Reverend Stang told Film Threat that the incident was good for church business and attracted many new followers. Any press is good press. Yep. The good she news, got her son back. She got her son she back. She got her son back. And actually, I was on the Subgenius subreddit uh, oh. recently. She posted, she identified herself and said, I'm the person that was at issue. And then they explained in the documentary, it was inner workings of family law, kind of why she got her son back. And, uh, but she's, she's concerned as 2017, when Ivan decided to come forward, she was one of the other members having seen that it had a real effect on her life that wanted this documentary to be made because she said she started seeing in discord servers and on subreddits of the subgenius this like melding of QAnon and subgenius mm -hmm. and that one of them is a hippie joke bit religion and the other one is harmful and she said I am here to tell you I was one of the original people it can have an impact on your life but also fuck them if they can't take a joke <laughs> praise Bob praise Bob once you're, you know you you gotta have their back mm -hmm. once you're in a subgenii Rever At the same time, filmmaker Sandy K. Boone began working the documentary J.R. Bob Dobbs and the Church of the Subgenius. It premiered at South by Southwest in 2020 and explores the group's ascent from a Dallas-based inside joke all the way to a worldwide religion that counts celebrities like Penn Jillette, Nick Offerman, Matt Groening, and Richard Linkletter among its adherents. According to an interview with Film Threat, Reverend Stang reached out to his longtime pal Sandy to make this documentary, telling her... It's time because we're all getting older and I don't want to die in this thing turn into a real cult. I want people to know the truth. We both talked about how in this documentary, Nick Offerman oh, I can't so fucking hot. get it. He is so hot in this documentary. He's great as Ron Swanson. He's great in everything he's in. But in this documentary, he's talking really seriously about how it's all just a big joke and that 
people's shit. Just the way he talks, I was like, it's on a fucking mustache. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that. He doesn't have the mustache in this. And he's it's got like, like shorter goatee. hair. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Five o'clock shadowish. Yes. Yeah. Also, Richard Linkletter named the move his movie Slacker because of this. Mm-hmm. And there's an improv format named Slacker after that movie. There you go. And it oh. all comes around to improv nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you. Reverend Ivan Stang introduced his real identity in connection with the documentary. Born Douglas St. Clair Smith, he grew up in the 1950s around conservative Baptists in Fort Worth, Texas. Dr. Philo Drummond revealed he was born Steve Wilcox and raised conservatively, attending church until he was 18. Introduced to one another by a mutual friend, the two men immediately bonded over their shared love of comic books and musician Captain Beefheart. It sounds like Beefheart. <laughs> like, but it is per- spelled beef heart. Heart. Mm-hmm. I try to give you the beef hearts. So, <laughs> you know but I try to, kind of, and I know, like, I don't. Again, don't at me. I was reading the Wikipedia page of Captain Beefheart, and it was a little bit of a, again, a pers- on stage persona mm-hmm. bit. And it just, the longer I read the Wikipedia, I was like, I already have like thirty thousand pages of subgenius shit to read. I can't with this. <laughs> Gotta get out. But you can see where they had that that seed of the idea of, oh, it's just this on stage persona, and people don't mm-hmm. have to know your real name. Mm-hmm. Soon using Philo's CB radio from his job, the pair teamed up to troll strangers over the airwaves, pretending to be aliens. <laughs> After that, they collaborated to create the first subgenius pamphlet and began trolling the world together with their invented religion starting back in 1979. The church still accepts membership dues. Via its website and at a P.O. box located southwest of Dallas in a small town called Glenrose. Reverend Ivan Stang continues spreading the group's message from his home there. He receives funds for ordained ministerships, as well as random donations. In an interview with filmmakers, Stang stated that the church recently received $1,000 in cash. Please tell me this wasn't you. No. (laughs) I'm like, what is this uh, withdrawal of $1,000 on our bank statement? It's for the business. (laughs) He used half of it, though, to help a sick person in need. He seems like a very nice, kind person. So at the nice. Heart of it. Just like a guy that just wanted to have some fun and it got away from him. And you're like, okay, well, now I really have to rein it back in. But then again, you don't want to say, shut it down because A, somebody else could take it up. And B, because you genuinely do see people helping each other. And you're paying your mortgage with it. He did say that. He, he was said like, he could pay his mortgage off of the membership dues he still gets. Yeah. And also, and I and think his house was nice. Yeah. He lived, I mean, Glenn in Rose, the documentary. I don't know that Glenn Rose real estate. States, like through the roof there but are dinosaurs there heather fuck yeah uh but he's like you know i mean he seems like he's doing okay and but they also say that they have all these like facebook groups and discord servers mm-hmm. and reddits and stuff where someone will say hey members man it's been rough you know i have this medical bill and he said i'll see a gofundme go up and it's it's uh, fully funded in like hours because it is such like a community and a group when people aren't taking it like way seriously and mailing guns yeah <laughs> If they get the joke, then it's great. It's all funny if they games. don't, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Memberships haven't slowed down despite the true story being revealed in the movie. Over the past two years, Reverend Stang said, the church sells about 1,000 memberships a year at $35 a piece, telling Film Thread in November of 2020. We've been doing great lately. It's been nice and steady. Lots of new folks. Still the same cross-section of weirdos. You never know. <laughs> Old folks, young folks, all kinds. <laughs> 
podcasters, podcasters, Backstreet Boys fans, uh, lawyers, uh, ordained ministers, John Mayer fangirls. Wait a minute, Reverend Sting. Uh, people that can recite the office at the drop of a hat every season. I'm uh, just listing off every characteristic oh, I can think about. Those you. are all very accurate. <laughs> also, I'd like to point them. out that Reverend Sting's voice and mine are not far apart. <laughs> I was like, I need to put a little affectation on, and I was like, we, but not much. Close. Yeah, it's close. When asked in the same interview, what happens next? Who takes the mantle up after you? Reverend Sting deferred to the great deity, saying, I don't know. You'll have to ask Bob. <laughs> I quit making predictions in 1998. <laughs> Dr. Drummond agreed. Bob's going to have to pick a new sacred scribe. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% believe that Stang will listen to this. I, I mean, will. for real. I bet he has a Google alert of the church. Yeah. yeah. It'll come up. Yeah. I think this is your chance. <laughs> it's like calling. Call me Stang. I'll come to Glen Rose. We'll hang out. I'll, I'm vaccinated. I'll... <laughs> not that we're gonna fuck like i just want to meet him he's in that category you know he's well, his, i don't think that's how you he's in his COVID. mid he's in his mid 60s like you know i want to take care of the people you know take yeah, care so that's nice i'll wear a mask you. if you want to even um i want to come too yeah, of and course i'll join i'll join to come in person so all right well we put it out there staying we're ready to hang out every year on july 5th believers still gather together in case the saucers actually come Wait, wait, wait. I want to show you this. Okay. This is, um, I want you to read it. (laughs) It's an invitation to X Day. Oh. Next X Day. There's so many pictures on this. The Church of the Subgenius says, goodbye forever to planet Earth. It's the end of the world, so laugh, L-A-F-F, yourself to death. (laughs) The twilight of the gods, a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Now's yours to proudly own. We will murder millions. <laughs> it's a real colorful this postcard. This isn't smaller font. <laughs> a flaming death for all on earth. Buy your way out of hell while you still can. <laughs> Money will be illegal in tomorrow's nightmare holocaust. <laughs> took this a went, yeah. Dispose of yours now and avoid penalty. That's all. The rest of its details, it's in Ohio at a campground. With Syria Campground, Pomeroy, Ohio, near Athens in southern Ohio. Bad film drive-in, sideshow marvels, human fights, sex hurt. <laughs> it takes a turn. We're going to this. <laughs> the amino acids. Nude squid gigs. Reverend Ivan Stang. I appreciate that he didn't headline this. He was like, I'm going to go like six on the bill. <laughs> costume ball. Hey. Then Dr. Philo Drummond. Oh, he got costume ball, got sandwiched in between the two founders. <laughs> Naked Bobtism. That was on the documentary. There were a lot of wings and boobies. Mm-hmm. Frop. I don't know what that is. But <laughs> I don't want to learn. Sounds like what you do after a tripod. <laughs> Frop is something that can't be explained to you and only can be done to you. <laughs> and then you come out and someone's like, what'd you do in there? And you're, you're like, like, I got fropped. Fucking uh, frop, man. It's fucking frop. Six-fisted tales of Connie. <laughs> it's great. Dr. Hal. Hell yeah, I'm going. Launchings. What is that? Just launch stuff. You throw it out, whatever you want. Dr. Bands. 
Oh God, don't! I mean, if you watch the documentary, they yeah. have these doctor bands, and they're like, it's anti music, and they're just just it's a melee like guitars in the ground. Just it's my worst nightmare. As someone who hates sounds, Heather yesterday <laughs> sounds. when we were in San Antonio, um, we'll go ahead and tell you what the episode was Spoiler. about. It hasn't come out yet, but we were at the Devil's Bridge in San Antonio with our spirit box that Heather bought. <laughs> it's a deduction. And, but did not read the instructions, so nope. we didn't know how to use it. Nope. So she was watching a YouTube video at two and a half speed. That's how I watch YouTube videos. And I was like, what are you doing? I'm listening to this. I was like, why at that speed? Because that's what it sounds like in my brain. I was like, crap. I literally, I plugged my ears and walked away. It was. When it's between your ears, you can't plug them. It no, doesn't help. My it God. does not help. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bette Midler was coming out of the, the spirit whole box. Listen to the episode. It was a whole thing. We had quite a time. <laughs> well, guess who else is going to be there? Reverend Susie the Floozy. <laughs> Hours of slack. Weirdos. And you, in all caps. We're all going. If you're here tonight, you're going. Don't don't pink out. That's a burn. More info and to register online, subgenius.com. Wow. God, how long did that take me? 30 minutes. have <laughs> been here. There are witches and something with Here's knives. Thrills, chills, spills. Love, laugh, live. <laughs> My thing is, we I want to judge this, but it looks like our Donna Laser in the Meat Warlock shirt. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when you start to start casting stones. Yeah. Take Man. a look at yourself. <laughs> well, Reverend Stang consoled followers at yet another X day as it came and went, with no flying saucers in sight, telling them, Once again, we find ourselves in that age-old traditional situation. 7 a.m. or something like that. Something like July 5th. Something like 1998. Something like the planet Earth. We don't have any idea where or when we are, and that's the point of this whole thing. X day could happen at any second. Some members still hold out hope. Susie the Floozy told filmmakers, I actively don't plan anything for after X day. I've been doing it since 96. And it's like, yeah, if there's any chance, I'm not going to screw it up by not buying into this. And that, after all... Maybe the true meaning of slack. So what do we think? Praise Bob. Praise Bob. <laughs> no, I mean, I will say, how many of these have, there's still like six things in here. We have. Oh, we're not going to go. I'm not, I can't go through the whole thing. We have. What's that green thing? Okay. So this is what I was going to say. They help because, so as a member of the church, or I'm sorry, an ordained high priestess of the Church of Subgenius. I don't know if you could tell, he signed it in a glitter rollerball pin, which I appreciate, because then you know it's really signed. Um, and he gives his real email on there. I'm not going to give you guys that. It's members only. Um, uh, but it gives you information on if you do want to legitimately perform ceremonies that some states don't recognize the Subgenius as an illegitimate church, we are going to go to the Supreme Court to fight that. I, I volunteer myself as the new counsel of the Church of Subgenius. But they explain how to get on the Universal Life Church website so that you can also be a Universal Life Church minister, which I already am. So I did a little backwards, but I'm like double ordained now. Oh, yeah, this is humongous. This is in here. That I imagine it's to be framed in my home. <laughs> Right this next to your, the, get this as a back piece. Yeah, I'm going to put it on as a post. There are a lot of people that have this tattoos. This has to be framed in your house. I think these are coloring pages. Oh, nice. There's like a serpent. 
Jesus has a machine gun and he's with Elvis. And is that Ronald Reagan? <laughs> Oh, is it JFK? It's JFK and Jesus have taken up arms. It's JFK, Elvis, Buddha, Jesus, and Bob. Yeah. I was, at first I was like, oh, coloring. I'll give this to Ella. I will not. <laughs> Mama, what color should I color the submachine gun? <laughs> oh, man. This well, is, whoa, that's like a magic eye. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, what do we think? Anything is real if you believe in it, right? True. And yeah. I think, well, this is a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. And I think they really were inspired by watching what was happening with QAnon and then the bastard, the whole, we don't have any rules. And then they're like, oh, no, turn racist. We got to tell them that's not us. So there was like a sub, 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 like QAnon people that started trying to take elements of this and like take the logo and everything and so i think you it's a cautionary tale you gotta um trademark your shit yeah (laughs) so that nobody can use it and then also i think there does you do have to exert some responsibility Mm -hmm. over what you've started you know i know it's like we're hippies it was just a bit we got really high and wrote this is a second pamphlet that's just as long as the first and so you know that it's fun but when you put it how does someone have that many words to say about something it says even the morons know these are the end times (laughs) damn (laughs) it says you must be saved even if it kills you there's some funny stuff yeah but we know it's a joke and we know it's a joke yeah we get it because we're subgenii i'm a subgenii but it also says regain your lost yeti powers it's very like Lizzo. it's very witchy it's like be your own Mm -hmm. savior you know look inside for happiness it also says that your constipation problems will be solved so (laughs) that is why she signed up that's why i need help uh, you know, you guys are on the opposite problem. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, you, you, it just, it's a cautionary tale that if you want to incite folks, that you do have some sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cop-out that we see. We now, it's very, uh, we live in this world where there are not a church of the subgenius, but people worship at the altar of various different things. And I think what they were selling, what people lost in that message was the whole time they were saying, think for yourself. This is an anti-religion. Fuck them if they can't take a joke. We're not here to tell you what to do. Live your lives and be happy And slack. The whole idea of slack is like living your best life. It's what we say now. I'm like, I'm living my best life. Like I'm achieving slack. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> and so I think it's, it's in, for them, they have that, the benefit of hindsight of saying, Hey, we did this. And people went, buck wild and threw me in a pond and mailed me guns be careful when you want to whip people up into a frenzy also just make sure that you take some responsibility yeah, that being said who wants to get married tonight <laughs> <laughs> i have a marriage license oh there's just one i only have one and unless there's a copy machine here. <laughs> uh do people still use copy machines i scan things with my phone and then print them on the printer that attaches to my phone because we live in the fucking future (laughs) so if anybody wants to have however long of a duration of a union with someone or something tonight heather can i think we have i think we we have have someone all right what come on reverend i don't know what i'm doing i'm gonna i'm gonna let the the honorable judge christy you pick who's coming up here uh I heard I heard a a very passionate yeah from back there. So come yeah, come on up. Somebody have a pen? Do you have a pen? <coughs> Thank you. 
All right, come on up here. You had that pen so day. fast. You were like, does somebody have a pen? And she's she was like, already like, handing it to you. Thank Pam. you so much. What's your name? Pam. Pam, thank you. Pam had a pen Pam. right in her cleavage. Now I have it. Pam. So we're going to use it to sign here. Here we go. All right. Here we go. All right. Uh, dearly beloved. Wait, ask them their names. Oh, I was going to ask them when they was giving them the part. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm ordained. Not, I'm sorry. I, I need to stay in my lane. This is not my thing. <laughs> okay, what are your names? Rusty Shackelford. Hell yeah. Amy? Rusty Shackelford, just Amy. Said, said with a question. Amy? Amy? Question mark. Amy? Question mark. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to unify these two beautiful, glorious souls in front of Bob and everybody. Yes, hold up, Bob. Oh, we got a big giant Bob. Hold up, Bob. Hang on, we got it here. It's in my. There's so many papers. There's too many. Here, you find it. I'm gonna. I'm, okay. Well, this is a religious ceremony, so let's take it seriously. Thank you. She said she feels God in this chilies tonight. Well, you should feel. You should feel Bob in this improv tonight. So. I'm going to read this to you. This is going to certify that you, Rusty Shackelford, and you, Amy, question mark, <laughs> are hereby temporarily married. How long do you want to be married? A period of blank hours, days, weeks, months. Forever. Forever. Okay. Well, forever. I will say existence is temporary, so that works. Uh, <laughs> by the authority of J.R. Bob Dobbs, Connie jo- Dobbs, Jehovah One, and myself, Dr. Reverend Sharky and Conspicuous. You are hereby absolved and excused from any spiritual penalty from any otherwise unsanctified sexual couplings that you may have during the period of this marriage. Oh, get out of jail free card. And now you may freely celebrate the holy bondage rites of matrimony. Tripod it. Tripod. 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 That's what you got to do. That's how you consummate a subgenius marriage is a tripod. Um, so I, as the Reverend, uh, holy ordained by the church of the Subgenius, and united and I'm going to unite you in the lawful handcuffs of sub holy wedlock on this, the 27th day of October in 2027. Now, uh, 2027. Have you... <laughs> Did we tie 21? Is it? How long oh, I'm sorry. I control time. I'm a fucking minister of the Church of the Subgenius. So for the next 30 seconds, it's 2027, and I'm going to write it on your paper. So it is what it is. Thank you so much. Uh, do you, Rusty Shackelford, forever and ever, until Bob takes us home on the saucers, take Amy question mark to be your lawfully wedded... Fuck yeah! Thank you. And do you, Amy, take Rusty Shackelford? Your eyes are big, like you want to say no, but you can say whatever you want to say. Don't, don't pressure her. Get the fuck off the stage. You're going to pressure her. I do? Hell yeah. By the power vested in me by Holy Bob, kiss. Woo! What did they say? Are we really married? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Congratulations! They got married three weeks ago. They're renewing their vows already. Well, you got it. You can't get divorced till 2028. So, best of luck. You didn't sign a prenup, Heather. She's stupid. <laughs>
Too late. Also, don't ever call her stupid again. I'll put my boot in your ass. There's so many things you're there's having a lot of, There's sign. a lot of things. I didn't really think this through. 27th day of October. 2027. 2027. I hope, I hope it's a... Uh, you have to record it. I'm going to put... Oh, do I get to sign? Everybody... Yeah, I'm going to let you sign the bottom. Everybody at show is one witness, and then you sign at the bottom of the other witness. All right, I'll sign it here. Thank you guys for witnessing this. Give them a round of applause. Good job, Thank guys. you so much. Thank you, thank you. Wow, Woo! congratulations. There's your pen. Quick on the draw with the pen. Thank Whoa. you. You might think, how could we top that? <laughs> you know what's better than religion? The law. That's my religion. And the only God I pray to is Judge Christie. So. <laughs> Praise the judge. If you've listened to a live show, you know, this is, a, this is a segment that we do on our Patreon. So if you think this is really funny, then go subscribe to our Patreon. You can hear a lot of them. <laughs> Um, but, uh, Heather's going to explain like what we do here. All right. What we normally do is we'll share a type of a grievance that somebody has. You disagree with somebody. You're mad about something. No bummers. No bummers. And then, uh, you, Christy will rule on it and her rulings are final and her jurisdiction is uh, forever. And, and so, global. uh, yeah. So uh, normally I have a grievance. I Usually I prepare them, or if I don't have one prepared, I like to get a suggestion from the audience, and I'll, I'll be inspired by that. So just yell one word out. Pets? Pets. Oh, God. <sighs> or just, did she say wet or pets? <laughs> pet, pet fight. Oh, let me think of a pet fight. Okay. So my dog is currently named Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, I acquired said dog many years ago when I was in a, in otherwise relations with a, a different person <laughs> than before times. And when, Baby. yes. And when I so acquired the dog, the Buffy's name was Rihanna. I didn't know this. After Rihanna, Rihanna? What, which other one is there? That's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just liked the name. I don't know. He, my ex did not name the shelter. It was Dallas oh, Animal Services. Okay. Named her Rihanna. Um, but we had a little bit of a, a tiff over. You and your ex. Yeah. Among many things. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, about naming the dog and like who should name the dog, what or whatever. Uh, I'm insufferable. And so she's Buffy because I want to name her Buffy. But we had this argument over who should have naming rights over the pet. And my argument was because I signed the adoption certificate. It was clear the shelter's day. So it's free. You just, they'll just give you a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her, it was, I paid what I, I got what I paid for. No, she's great. Aww. She's fantastic. But like immediately she's after having her, she had a tooth thing and it was like thousands of dollars, but I love her and she protects the house. But I said, because I signed the adoption certificate and I paid the $7 registration fee that I was entitled to naming rights. Mm. Do you think that that is an adequate reasoning for naming the dog or should I have taken his opinion? I will never bad. rule in favor of your ex. <laughs> so... <laughs> You absolutely have naming rights over that. Yes. Also, Buffy, not that Rihanna's not a great name, but Rihanna is a, like an elegant, panty-designing, creative, artistic genius, mm-hmm. and Buffy just tromps around, and she's got blonde hair, and she, I assume, can and fight she vampires. she fights vampires. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I was right. Makes sense. Yeah, Thank no. You. 
Absolutely right. So, so we final had a ruling. Um, yeah, he is an asshole and doesn't get anything. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so he doesn't listen to the show. It's fine. If you like, can you imagine the just self flagellation it would take to listen to your ex's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging, buddy. I don't know what you're into now. Uh, so if you have a grievance, you have to, because there's we have we live in a society where there are rules. Um, you have to yell, I have a grievance when I say please yell it. And then one of our lovely friends from the Addison Improv will come and find you with the microphone if I am understanding what we've established up top correctly. <laughs> um, so please tell me you have a grievance, somebody. Oh, right up top. Right here. Right up front. With an awesome Keep It Creepy t-shirt with a cool ghost made by Day Off. Oh, my gosh. I just realized you guys are wearing In-N-Out hats. (laughs) That's amazing. In-N-Out crew. Hi. Hi. What's your name name? and pronouns? My name is Rachel. She, her. Thank you. Um, So I was at ACL at the beginning of this month. Great time. Saw Miley. Life changed. But the first night we were there i you know dinner time went to the little food area got myself a nice fried spicy chicken sandwich as you do in austin texas hell yeah i bite into said sandwich i expect it to be hot it's spicy it's fresh yes yeah hot temperature or hot spicy both okay juice squirts out of the side of the chicken breast never good onto my face oh god i scream i go ow my friends call me a dramatic little bitch and we move on with the night we're all we've all been drinking yeah we go home I look in the mirror at the hotel. I have a two-inch Scarface-level scar. You may be entitled to compensation for your injuries. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I have a picture I'll show you at the meet and greet from that night. Oh, my but God, please. literally a two-inch scar coming off of the corner of my lip down the side of my face. They jokered you. And it was... <laughs> Literally, I tweeted a picture of it, and my friend was like, you want to know how I got this scar? <laughs> chicken sandwich. <laughs> so I'm walking around for the... Because this was Friday night. So for the rest of the weekend, oh, I have to walk no. around, and it's 100 degrees. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. October 1st. I'm walking around looking like Scarface. Yeah. Oh, no. Because any makeup I try and put on, I sweat off. So my question mm. is, should I sue them for everything they're yes. worth, <laughs> or should I thank them for giving me a fun fact at Icebreakers for the rest of my life? <laughs> Oh man! Well, you look great now. I Thank can't you. see it, so there it's is healed some nicely. Makeup on. It's mostly gone. There's a little bit left, but I had to reschedule a dentist appointment because it was still, you know, the mouth. Yeah, you, you yeah, laugh. You so speak, it's affected you chew. your life. It did, and your comfort. It did. Sounds I think like. you could. I think. <laughs> For real, though, you could sue, right? Damages. You have damages. Well, the question's always, if you're a real legal lawyer answer, is what is what are damages? I can't remember. I was reading something on the Texas Lawyer Facebook pages, which is as big of a cesspool as you could imagine. <laughs> All those words in order, you're like, Ugh, oh, oh, it's worse. It's worse and worse. It's worse is what you think of. But uh, they, somebody had had not quite a similar experience, but they were really upset. And the question's always like, what are your damages? And you would have to say, well, you were able to still see the dentist, right? You were no, able she to didn't. Him on she had to You're seeing him on Monday. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but were you like loss of consortium? Were you gonna like blow a bunch of people and you couldn't? Or I mean, I was staying at a hotel with an ex, and I was kind of thinking we might hook hey. up, and then we didn't. And you couldn't and it might have been because I looked like Scarface. That's that's <laughs> unlimited damage. If anyone, uh, what's if it's not cock block, it's your mouth. <laughs> Wait, is that what you're saying? I'm calling the chicken place a cock blocker. Oh, that's the name of a chicken restaurant. It should be. (laughs) I was, and then like, this is how fast my brain. Cock blocker. 
blocker? This is what my brain was like. Oh, you shouldn't call it cock blocker. You should call it cock gobbler. Then I was like, you can't put that on a sign. <laughs> you can't put that in the yellow pages. Or you could, and you get the wrong kind of calls. I couldn't have done it even right if I kind. wanted to. That's right. I think, Man. I mean, if they interfered with Wait, your dental appointment and hooking up. So the question was, what do you call it when someone prevents a girl, like the vaginal equivalent of a cock yes, block? Clam jam. Clam jam. Yeah, you got yeah. clam jams. You got clam jams by the cock gobbler, Mm-mm. which sounds like a Marvel movie that should be made. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, were you like, oh, trying to see Miley and you were like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I was, a little, I was a little self-conscious. I yeah. had to like look yeah. like that in front of Doja Emotional Cat distress. and Miley. And yes. There were Russian men in the elevator at the hotel that were speaking in Russian, and I'm pretty sure you it was think about me. it was me. about you? No, so they were giggling paranoid. in my general direction. I yeah. thought maybe they were trying to recruit me because I looked like a cut a bitch, but... They were like, oh, she's fucking hardcore. <laughs> they're like, you think she got that in a fight? And they're like, well, yeah, it was a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Went to that same restaurant. It was terrible. Uh, Man, I think... I think you sue for damages. You can't right? take him to the Supreme Court. Perfect. Go as high as you can, right? All the way to the top. All the Just way file to the there top. immediately. That's yeah. when you work when you do like an internship for a federal judge, you get a lot of self represented litigants who are like, I want to sue the government because a man on the internet said I got a million dollar wire from Nigeria that he was gonna send here. This was like a real one I had and we had to be like, oh, no, like Hillary Clinton's not going to answer you. She's a <laughs> State Department person at the time. I was like, she's not going to appear and answer this. I'm sorry to tell you. So you can try, though. It's nothing, you know, or by the power of us for me. free chicken sandwiches for life at a reasonable temperature. Settle. <laughs> tell them you're willing yeah, to you're settle. Yeah, you're willing to Perfect. settle. Yes. yes. Settle. Thank you. Settle. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Willing to settle. All right. We got another grievance. Shout it out. Oh, we heard right this here. one. We right heard it here. here in the center. Bring her the mic. Please and thank you. Please tell us your name and pronouns. Hi, my name's Melinda McKinley. Hell she, yeah. Her. Hey, girl. Hey. hey. So, um, I have a grievance that is both general and specific. Okay. I'm going to start general and then get okay. specific. So, generally speaking, I have a problem with FaceTime. Okay. Mostly with the unexpected, unannounced, uninvited FaceTimes that sometimes show up. I'm sorry, people are yeah, yeah, yeah. raw dog and FaceTime. They don't even raw like ask dogging the FaceTime. Oh no! So I'm gonna get real specific, and I have two examples. Let's do it. I'm here. I'm okay, here for it. You gotta be on the toilet for one. I can I just say because we we know our division of duties, <laughs> and I was in the bathroom at the time, but I I answer the Instagram messages, and I was like. I'm responding to somebody while I was on the toilet. And boy, that happens the, a lot. The back button was right by the video chat button. And I started video chatting a listener and I was like, out, 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 out. And the person was like, oh man, I missed it. And I was like, no, you did not. Nope. So you were on the receiving end on I, the toilet. I was on the receiving end, not on the toilet, but <gasps> rather in my bed, already taken my melatonin gummies. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. You know, uh, as one does, makeup off. Mm hmm. In my full uh, natural regalia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I had recently dipped back into the dating pool. All right. And um, uh, uh, spoiler alert, it's not cute out there. Um, <laughs> Stuff out there. But uh, had it. An, uh, an Wait, quiet in the courtroom. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a court of law. <laughs> Bang your gavel. Thanks so much. Okay, sorry. I have ADD, so I f- fully want to listen, but I cannot. <laughs> Totes my goats. I do Thanks, too, okay. so I feel that. Um, so I had recently had a first date that was really good. Okay. A second date that was promising. Okay. With the same date, person? Same date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. person. 
same datey. Mm-hmm. Um, third date that was okay. Okay. And then they started getting real loosey goosey with the FaceTimes. No! Oh. I'm sorry, I screamed. <laughs> yeah. No. That's too so, soon. Ew. Yeah, all of a sudden we're texting and I get a random 9.30 to 10 p.m. Because I am an adult and I go to sleep at a normal bedtime. You do. You do. You with my melatonin gummy and my chamomile tea. Thank you very much. Sounds Not tonight, but you know, on you the normal days. You live a relaxing life. I love it. Okay. Well, I mean, so I So they FaceTime you whilst you were in bed? Correct. Do you think it was like FaceTiming? They were just like, I want to connect with you right now. I have a question because I don't have an iPhone. And it's this a, is only iPhone, right? It's, yeah, right, it's just this video is only chat. IPhone. This so is if you phone. and I were on the phone. No, I know what FaceTime is. Oh, okay. <laughs> How fucking old do you think I am, Heather? Sometimes you do yell at Jesus me about the internet Christ. and you're like, I don't know. No, one day Heather tried to explain to me how Twitter works. And I was like, Heather, I know how Twitter works. <laughs> <laughs> You actually explain more hip things to me because you. Tommy explains them to me, and I explain them to you. But my question is, and maybe I am the asshole because maybe you're about to say, if someone uses it, do you have to answer, or can you just decline it? No, you can decline. Okay, I declined the first one. Okay, and they immediately called again. That's too thirsty. That's too thirsty. Yeah, and I had already indicated in the chat that like I was winding down going to bed there's nothing more aggressive than when you're texting someone and then they take that text to a call and you're like if i wanted to call you i'd fucking call you i'm texting from the toilet right now don't call me no and it's one thing to be like can i call you or it would be nice to see you right now do you want to facetime but to me this indicates that a person is very presumptuous Mm -hmm. and they think they can i have a big like anal retentive streak of people controlling my time or like forcing me to do things i don't want to do and someone facetiming me and me feeling obligated to answer it i'm like you're stealing my bedtime for me right now mm-hmm. so that to me is a, he's a selfish lover all right um, so I don't know if you guys banged but i can tell you right now so i'm already feeling better about this i have a second part to this okay. uh, oh God. general question and then second so part you never answered it you just kept declining it oh no i answered it in oh. full like not cuteness yeah. and said what <laughs> oh, yeah. get it get him <laughs> that's awesome we stopped dating good did you, um, may I, and you don't have to answer it because you gave your full name a minute ago. Um, <laughs> did you, did you guys ever hook up? Nope. You don't have to because I'm telling nope. you that man would have been bad in bed. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> Based upon that, that that's behavior. That's exactly why we did not no. hang up because. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, second part. Okay. So this has happened to me on a couple of occasions. Okay. An ex-boyfriend of mine. Mm-mm. But from way back in the day, like, we hooked up and were a thing in high school and then, like, some overlap into college. Okay. But we remained friends and, like, friendly and, like, I hung out with his new wife and he hung out with my husband at the time that I had one. And, like, our kids hung out. Like, guys, don't make it weird. Yeah. I'm I don't think we of, did. I'm hearing a yeah, lot of I'm, tones. No, not from you guys. But no, like, no, I'm think, saying. I think y'all made it weird. Y'all just be like, we've been inside one another. No, like we were. Let's have a barbecue. <laughs> Do you have potato salad? No, like we were. <laughs> we broke up not because he was a bad dude, but because yeah. like we grew apart. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know. But and you still th- fucked and then your kids hung out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it was that a part, little. That's the weird part. That's, that's the weird part. Okay. It was a little weird, but everybody not like, there knows that, that your parts touched the, yeah. their yeah. parts. Well, probably not your kids. I hope no. Not no, 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 kids, no, 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 no. Did not tell the kids. But like, did not tell the kids. But like someday, you're like, how do you know that guy? And you're like, well, back well, in college. And they're like, oh my god. Eventually, one I of them will find this podcast, and then I'm out. So thank you for that. Hopefully, this podcast still around when you're. Kids are old enough to. They're going to put it in the library. Of Congress. Yeah, here's the <laughs> here's the thing. I had my kids young, so they're already old enough. So oh, I'm already oh. screwed. Okay, um, so part, sub part two. Uh, sub part two. We're going to make a ruling. Anyways, uh, this guy had gone through some issues and some things uh-huh. that were not necessarily a hundred percent above board okay. or kosher. Okay. And they were a super bummer. So I'm not going to get super okay. into them because it's not my story to tell. But uh, out of nowhere. Okay. Or like semi nowhere, he would just start instead of texting or calling, would straight FaceTime nah. people. Aww. I'm glad I have an Android. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Samsung. I am dealing with this shit. This is like somebody stopping over at your house unannounced. Yes. Do not. It is a digital equivalent of the stop by. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so I guess my my general grievance with the two specific examples yes. is. Um, unannounced FaceTimes, yay or nay? Nay, nay forever. Okay. No, forever, especially in those two particularly intimate situations. I have done my, um, so I've, I, what do you call it when you force somebody to do something? My, she didn't ask to be my life coach, but I've made my friend Megan my life coach. And sometimes I'll just FaceTime her unannounced because I'll be like shopping or something. And I'm like, hey, is this dress cute? But most of the time I just text her a picture. But there have been times that I'm like, hey, I'm in, you know, Nordstrom Rack or whatever. Like, are these boots or these boots? But we're friends and I'm in a store. And well, if that's she, different. And most of the time she's like, oh yeah, like uh, she works from home. So it's not a big deal. But like nobody's in I bed, d- right? I, my life, my whole life is almost dropping things and catching them and a lot of times not catching them um but so i think in that case it's like i wasn't in bed she w- it was a reasonable hour it's like 3 p.m you know and i wouldn't be offended if she didn't and i also wasn't gonna like try to facetime her and unload my emotional burden on her it was like are these cute shoes <laughs> and usually she would just answer and be like yeah those are good get the ones on the left and i'm like okay thanks bye that's what it's like to be my friend <laughs> but so i think it's something like that where it's like casual it's your friend you're we're very close and so it's not a weird thing but somebody you've only been on a few dates with i don't ever want an unannounced FaceTime. i would never do I don't that care to if you. i'm your friend or not please do not do that this is why i will always have an android <laughs> forever but yeah nobody that you're trying to hook up with should just make that assumption especially at nighttime when you've been texting Mm-mm. don't take the text no. to a call or a facetime that is ever it. Ever. I appreciate the that. Gavel Thank you. has been banged. We have more time for one more? Yeah, we have one time for one more. All right. I hear it back there. I, I, I see a hand up right here. It's literally just dark. I can't we see, see nothing. So. Hi, guys. Hi. What's Hello. your name and pronouns? I'm Vicki Driver, and I'm a she. Great. Great. So, um, so I've been listening to you guys for a really long time. Thank, Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Christy. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. So um, we have a six-year-old daughter, my husband and I. Um, she loves the song. Uh, bumping the yeah, night. yeah. Yep. We get and that a lot. And we're we, like, kids? Kids. This is murder. Kids yeah. love kids. 
kids love the, sh- the kids, kids love, love the show. The You're right. Love it. Yeah. yeah, they're like tripod. That's our new demographic. We're really trying to reach is like six and under. Yeah, well, y'all turn on it's dinosaur, just like, train. dinosaur it's, train. It's just like the vaccine, right? We're like trying to get them a little yeah, bit younger and younger. So my uh, my question for you is: Should we let our daughter listen to your whole show? No, never. <laughs> God no. So we were having Not this discussion. We were having this discussion about what scarred us as kids and what we were exposed to too early and how it totally like warps your mind. And you said, I mean, he's probably comfortable with us sharing that his what your husband's favorite film was as At a child. At four years old, Tommy's favorite movie was Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. <laughs> And so you think of like the things that you saw as and a he kid. He turned out great. So you know what? Yeah, let her listen yeah, why to not, this right? show. Well, and that's so. Yeah. I need a. I need a ruling. I need a ruling. Well, we're getting Christine. there. We're getting you. We can rule and shut it down. We were going to talk about it for a while <laughs> and use it as fodder for comedy. But you tell me. Oh, as long as. <laughs> so as long as she is still saying, "I'll kill you." Oh, that's great. Well, that's something we're not uh, equipped to talk about. I don't have you. any kids, so I love to just. Uh, Tell kids to do stuff and then leave. Um, so for me, I'm a, you know I'm a fun aunt in kind of a bad way sometimes, or give them gifts that it's like this is sand. We have carpet in this house. And I'm Monster. Like, you have a vacuum too. Best of luck. <laughs> um, eventually you'll run out, right? The uh, so. But I was gonna say like you. I was. We talked about this yesterday where we saw. I saw a short a film contest with a horror film and there was a child behind me, for maybe reasonable reasons, but. For like two many hours or minutes, that kid was in there and was like screaming. But all I could think of was, you know, it's not going to ruin his life, right? Like it didn't. Or her life. No, I'm saying the kid behind me was a boy, but your kid is probably not going to ruin your kid's (laughs) life. But it will shape them. And so just, you know, you were saying that uh, anything that crops up, the kids will ask you right later. Like, because this clown was beheading a gentleman. Um, in the Woo. film we were watching, and, and after the guy said, do it, pussy, <laughs> I'll think about that movie for the rest of my life. It was so good. <laughs> Five minutes of clown masks and screaming and just obscenities. But this kid was like, why is that happening? And so I'm like, oh, you're going to have to unpack this later with your kid. Mm-hmm. And like McDonald's, Ronald McDonald's off limits forever. You can't take him to the uh, CeCe's Pizza in my hometown had a clown in it. Is that still a thing? Probably not. But so as as long as you're comfortable accepting the consequences, I think, right, the kids just will ask you, you know. and you Yeah. Have to... I mean, who am I to tell anybody what to do with their kid? That's not going to stop me from judging people, but I won't say it. <laughs> I won't say it out loud, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ella, like, asks us, I mean, <laughs> this is the girl that, like, at least once a week, she's like, Mommy, what scares you? And I'm like... <laughs> Tell me your deepest fears. All the time. All the time. Yeah, we went to... We're all being cryptids for Halloween. She's being the Loch Ness Monster. We were at the park the other day, and this mom's like, what are you going to be for Halloween? Loch Ness Monster. What? Bitch, you heard what she said. She's going to be the Loch Ness Monster. I'm sorry your basic-ass kid is Snow White, but she's about to be the Loch Ness Monster. So 
just understanding that yes, it will... they will ask questions. We don't... Ella has... Honestly, rude. Ella's never asked to listen to the show. But she does understand... Every week, though, she asks, what's your podcast about this? What's the episode about this week? But she's never... I don't think she makes the connection of, like, what it is, and she can listen to it. Mm-hmm. But it, we... I've never played it for her. She wouldn't understand it. But we would get a lot of questions that I don't want to answer. So, I mean, just... If you want her to listen to it, by all means. But... Just be prepared for what she, you know. If do you want her to know about finger banging? Do you want her to know about? Yeah. Do you want her to know about what a tripod is? Uh, you gotta learn sometime. Might yeah. as well before we, kindergarten. We talk. We we say butt fuck like weekly. So I mean that's that's up to you. You can parent uh, however have, you want. I have muted quite a bit. There you go. Uh, well, see, there you go. You can or yeah, have a editing. mute button. Yes, edit this out. And I'm saying we've had people be like, "Oh, this bit was funny, and you didn't curse too many times in it." And so I let my kids listen to it or whatever. Yeah, but they can to it. I, you know, if you're equipped to or want to answer those questions, it may open go a dialogue. Yeah. As a fellow, so you know what? As a uh, when she becomes a patron, we'll shout her out. Thank you so yep. much. <laughs> thank you. Thank final you. ruling. Well, do you want to do one more? We, we can. Do I think we got time for one we, more. We can do one more short one, and one then we'll get to one. the meet and greet. Somebody in the back. We haven't heard from back. people in the, in the back. back. So go to somebody in the back. I hear right here such a meek little voice. I'm very upset. Right here, please give me the microphone. Hey, I'm Jalissa. She, her. Jalissa. Thank you. Are you Patreon? Yeah. I was. I, I recognize you. No, thank you for supporting us ever. Thank you. Heather put you on blast. No, you, I no, you need names. So I should no have said, have you ever been? <laughs> we recognize names right, from Patreon a lot, so we recognize your name. Thank you, thank you. So, mm-hmm. my grievance is kind of an old grievance now, but I'm still thinking about it. So, me and a coworker, we got engaged, not to each other, to our partners the same night. Oh. And I don't like this coworker, so whenever she annoys me, I'm like, is that for real? Or am I just being a bitch? <laughs> so, we got engaged the same night. And then when I told her the next day, she said, okay, well, I'm going to tell the staff meeting on Monday, and then you can make your announcement on Thursday at that staff meeting, okay? Uh, and uh, it annoyed me so much that I just kept it a secret for an awkwardly long time. Oh, no. So I would have I... email blasted out before that staff meeting. <laughs> Send it. That's, yeah. And then, then they get in the staff meeting like, you just want to congratulate Julissa on her engagement. And the girl's like, I just wanted to say I actually also got engaged. And they're like, sure you did, Kelsey. <laughs> Sit down. So was I right to be super annoyed by yes. that? Yes, for sure. For sure. Because she's super, not. Were you, you were like separate, like independently you got engaged, right? Yeah, like we weren't planning it. Well, okay. You're, you're like on the same level. Are right? you equivalent at work? She's yeah. not your no, boss. We're, we're colleagues. Yeah. So what was her justification? Why would she, I mean, did she say like, because and like tried I mean, to explain te- it? Technically hers was at 9 p.m. Mine was at 10 p.m. Oh, go fuck We're yourself. We're like later in the evening. It's just my no. fiance Is that, Did she try to get into like semantics like that? No, but she just said like, hey, I think I should say it first. And I was just kind of like, so taken aback. I didn't know what to do. I'm like. Yeah, that's one of those situations that you don't expect. And then later you're like, oh, I wish I'd said this. And then you go on a podcast and bitch about her. Yeah. All the time. It's all part of the plan. Good for you. Mm -mm. So, so you didn't, she announced it Monday and you just sat there in the staff meeting. Yeah. And then just on Thursday, I didn't say anything either. And then eventually people just like started finding out through conversation. Oh man. But yeah, no, it just drove me crazy. One of the most fun things about getting engaged is getting to brag about it to everybody. I know. She stole that from you. I know. Mm -mm. But I did get married first. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. 
But you know what? I bet she gets divorced. Yeah, Don't, when you be acting like that, selfish, thoughtless, thinking of yeah, leaving herself. She's got like, bad partner. A, a year tops for that marriage. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it's it right crumble. now. It's an incredible yeah. the weight of her. And be like, do you want to announce your divorce at the Monday meeting? And then oh. I'll announce on. <laughs> I'll announce on Thursday that I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh. Take You're that. super justified to be uh, annoyed and. I feel like there's some way you can get back at her. You'll find so, you'll wait. find your way. Karma has a way. Yeah, yeah Disney Channel's Johnny Tsunami officiated my wedding, and I don't know if she can top that. I don't know if she can top it. How did that happen? Just a wonderful coincidence. If you guys are in Estes Park and you want to get married in Rocky Mountain National Park and you're eloping, he's around. Just walking around? <laughs> just like he was you just hiking and you were him. like, hey, we recognize you? Wait a minute. Hold on. We were just in Estes Park. Gorgeous, by the way. Did not see Johnny Tsunami. Is it that a Disney film? Yeah. Wow. So is it an actor or like a like a person? He's an actor. Oh, okay. So so it's... was he? Did you like Google and you were like, who can uh, marry us today? And he came up, or you ran into him at like Ed's Cantina where we went for? Don't get the case. Did not have good queso. So we we eloped, and you can Google elopement services, and he officiates weddings. Wow! Because he, he has to now. I mean, maybe he did. You know, he did a wonderful does he, job. Does he, does he wear the Hawaiian shirt and the board shorts? No, there's no surfboard oars. But he, does he, he do it as scarf. Johnny Tsunami or as his real name? He's like, Surf up, kids. Baker. Brandon, Brandon what? Baker. Brandon Baker. So he does it as himself. Yeah, I pulled up the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, my goodness. Um, Oh my! He's trying to distance himself. You're like, can you be Johnny Tsunami? And he wants to be like a, a ordained person taken seriously. Yeah, we take our oath seriously when we become ordained. Yeah, we it's extremely serious. The temperature is down, but the surf is up. Calls out the VHS cover. <laughs> Man, I have never seen this. I haven't either, but I knew that name. I thought it was the cartoon, but it's well, congratulations on that. And I think you're right that she can't beat that. So has she gotten Thank married you. yet? No, not yet. Uh, it's Probably not gonna won't. happen. Not gonna happen. Probably He's gonna won't. dump her. He's gonna dump her before it gets there. And even if it, she does, it's not Johnny Tsunami. So whenever she's like, "Oh, I got married this weekend," you're like, "Oh, was it a Disney Channel star?" <laughs> no. <laughs> Good luck with your wedding, with your marriage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Final ruling: You have every right to be pissed, and um, congrats on your marriage. And Thank she sucks. You. you are blessed. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out thank tonight. So oh, yes. Before we have, we have some giveaways from our Instagram contest. Uh, Amber Wilcox. Amber Wilcox. Where's Amber? Wearing the tour shirt. Nice. Thank you so much. And we have another one, too. We did a special one because we have a Patreon supporter who we love very much. We love all of our Patreon supporters, but she's a fellow creator and just a writer, and we connect, and uh, she flew all the way here from Florida. Victoria. This was... (laughs) So not only did she fly here from Florida, it was her first time ever on a plane and her first time leaving the state. And she did it to come see our show. Sorry that you came from Florida to Texas. She's, yeah. She's amazing. Go follow her on TikTok. She makes wonderful TikTok videos of us. 
She made a. She made one of her original. T- we got. It's from High Proof Designs for all of your laser engraving needs. It's an autographed uh, cup. But uh, she made our one of her very first TikToks. She made. I totally put you on blast and brought you on stage. Um, she made one, our Real Housewives intros on one of her TikToks. So funny and just the amount of effort and everything you do. We just appreciate you. So Maya. Well, we'll see you afterwards. Oh, here's a box if you want it. The tagline she gave me on that was. Brown recluses can eat my ass. <laughs> Which is very fitting. It's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> well, if your guys are VIP, they're going to tell you what to do. Thank you so much to, for coming out. Thank you to Addison Improv. Be good to them. They were so good to us tonight. And for now, as always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Brittany Winters. Sarah Jones. Brittany. Brooke Salter. Angelina Maria. Stephanie Rudolph. Alexa Mummery. Annie Mae Flores. Kinsey Christ. Lena Lamosh. Julie Moore. Stephanie Brown. Stephanie Peters. Anna Thomas. Jonathan C. Sells. Ashley Duffy. Jacqueline Bortz. Kelsey McPherson. Callie Gerst. Rachel B. Anonymous. Ooh, you think it's just... It's the it's Anonymous. The anonymous? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sarah Summers. Hillary Breen Bertel. Emma Wolf. Olivia Williams. Cassidy Ibsen. Erica. Marcy Ray. Lauren Daly. Cade Larson. C. Crichton. Leah Dickey. Angel. Florence Dupuy. Ursula. Kate Navarro. Jenny May. Kit Supernova. Crystal Salas. Brooks. Natalie Stevens. Christina M. Schwerian. Sarah Spradling. Stacy Ford. Jess Clark. Leah. Cheryl G. Molly Connolly. Kara Dylier. Rachel Druby. Nicole B. Molly Berglund. Kayla Christman. Sky. Kate Stern. Ann Keith. Elizabeth Jones. Christina Zuniga. Emily. Jill Weikart. Lauren Heron. Kelly Goswick. Nicole Clark. Angela Mayer. Sarah Holler. Heather Redman. Samantha Campbell. Mariana P. Martinez Ugarte. Joji94. Shay Blackford. Nikki Stiller. Allie F. Aaron Walters. Anna Soto. Mariah Speedy. Saima. Jenna T. And Yubi. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do this without you. We hope we pronounced your names correctly. We love you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs>